0: <laughs>
1: on this day, it's I see clearly Everything is sounding alright I uh, was something, having a conversation And we and might as well I'll start dreams. Sorry, what?
0: We're already starting on a wrestling tangent, it's yep. fine
1: all right. uh, We're a wrestling podcast now, guys We'll talk we about Mocker well. later, baby
0: When uh, Edge made his comeback mm-hmm. uh, At the Rumble um, Jeff, who we did Botch Snap with Uh, he was talking to me about it, and he was like, You know, like, it's got, he's got that whole, you know, you think you know me thing. And like, there are so many wrestlers who have the, you know, like, little thing before their song actually starts playing. And he's like, Is he the one who actually has the only good (laughs) one?
1: Uh, like the one line before it. So, what are the other Yeah. So, you know,
0: woo, 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 you know it. And then Zack Ryder's theme plays.
1: Uh, Awesome. The Miz plays. Um, hmm and the, it was the, I was the new day one's too long mm-hmm. the revival one's too short and they're <laughs> gone anyway so who cares i guess yeah who cares <laughs> um
0: there's the glass shattering, but that's not a line.
1: I thought so. at one point there was an Austin one that started with like, hell yeah. But that might have just been like a like a song
0: version of it that did that. One of the various albums that they released around the if early 2000s. You, if you
1: count when Rock came back and he was a heel and his song would start with like a minute long thing, like going through a city. <laughs> and then it would just say like at the very end, it was like is cooking and then it would do his theme song that one was fucking tits when he was heel hollywood rock that one was great
0: so but yeah there's a lot of them you know there's like what there was like yo my name is finley and i love to fight uh I spin the face of people who don't want to be cool.
1: <laughs> I'm just thinking of Finley again. And that was 100% like a writer's room that was like, how do we get across that Finley is an Irishman who likes to fight? <laughs> <loves> to fight. <laughs> and there was a man in that room who got paid probably at least high five figures maybe six figures a year who wrote down what if at the start of his theme song it said my name's finley and i like to fight fight. (laughs) (laughs) and everyone was like you've earned your keep once again (laughs) (laughs) Freddie prince jr (laughs) what (laughs) he was probably better right than that but still it's that principle
0: anyway It's week of manga recap. It is our first episode of March of 2020 here on the fourth of the month. And uh, we have some manga to talk about this week. It's going to be a weird episode. I'll say that there are a couple of chapters that I think are really good. And there are a lot of chapters that honestly kind of blend together because a lot of them have same general tone and situation, which is, well, we're in trouble now. It, so
1: for me this 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 podcast is going to be a slog to get through i'm just i'm holding on to till we get to we never learn and then it picks up after that but until then it's just like uh, 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 oof oof.
0: so let's get into it uh and just kind of try we're just going to try and we're going to put on our waiting boots and we're going to get through this early part and then we'll be at the top of the mountain.
1: We're going to be and- uh, Mike, whatever his name was, from Dirty Jobs. where He he went through the sewers and he's like, this is a hard job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> it's the same thing every week.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I've ever pitched my my show idea on here. Have you ever heard of the Bravo show "Say Yes to the Dress"?
1: Uh, I know of it. I don't. Oh uh, no, I did watch one episode of my sister once. Okay, what you've, you've seen one? It, them all, it so. was it was slightly worse than seeing in the hospital hearing that my dad had just had a stroke. <laughs> it was like, oh
0: but, man. For those of you not aware, "Say Yes to the Dress" is a show in which there are generally about three women per episode. Uh, who their stories are kind of cut together so that they can kind of tie all of them, the uh, conclusions together at the end, and they can kind of paste them all together. by They probably are taped months apart, honestly. But they all are shot at this one uh, very high-end wedding store where these women want to have the perfect wedding dress. Mm. And they have to – it has to match the bride's taste. And, of course, they also have to endure, you know, the bride's mother, the bride's maids, or whatever – uh, and and everyone's got to be happy about it, and they've got to find the right dress for this person. Then at the end, are you are you saying yes to the dress? I am saying yes to the dress. Here's three billion dollars <laughs> or however <for> much these <laughs> stupid wedding dresses got. So my pitch for a show idea was say sure to the suit, which was a guy goes to buy a, a suit for his wedding, and they're like, you want do you want this suit? Sure. Twenty done in one episode. <laughs> They'll shut enough for one season, then it will be done in three weeks. Every, uh,
1: every so often, the guy pulls out, like, a really, like, loud suit. Like, it's got, like, pinstripes and polka dots on it. Like, when I say to shirt and suit, the guy's I'm like, gonna, eh, probably know. not. <laughs> That's, like, the season finale
0: how are we ever going to find the perfect suit for this gentleman? He goes to the next one. It's just plain black with a white shirt. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) We (laughs) come another impossible mission this
1: episode. The host is crying. He's like, sometimes you wake up and you don't know if you're doing anything with your life, and then a moment comes where clearly you're doing God's work. (laughs)
0: We managed to help this guy find the perfect suit. Interviews the guy afterwards, like, so were you happy with your suit at your wedding? Yeah, everything. About, everyone thought it was okay. So, yeah, <laughs> it and was. I mean, it's like I was. My new wife didn't kill me for wearing it. So, uh, yeah.
1: He's like, "Is that the only thing you're asking me about the wedding?" Because I, I'll be honest, I had a lot more notes about the open bar and the music than anything else <laughs> that was being worn.
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Let's start off with our first series, My Hero Academia. It is uh, chapter number two hundred sixty-two. Mirko, the number five hero. Before we get into actually this, this chapter being about Mirko, we have to be we have to go through uh, the stuff with the number six hero, Crust. Yeah, go fuck
1: yourself, to- Crust. You don't get a chapter devoted to yourself. He he
0: summons shields from his body. That's what he do.
1: I legitimately do not remember this character from the introduction of the the, the top ten heroes. I uh, like if he wasn't the washing machine guy. I guess I just didn't remember who was the first six through ten.
0: There were the ones that you were already familiar with, like uh, I think Ed Shot made yeah
1: uh, or Camille Woods or one of, one of the two of them. I think one of
0: those guys. I think it was Ed Shot, but I'm not it even might, sure it
1: might have been Ed Shot.
0: It was a hero that we knew of already uh, in the lower end. There was Best Genius who wasn't there. There was Mirko, who had the best design of the new ones. There was Washer,
1: who <laughs> was, was the washing, washing machine, machine guy.
0: And uh, there was Endeavor. And then there were some other guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, Re- I think that maybe Ryuki, or what, Ryuki the, the dragon, oh, the girl. dragon. Th- She I th- Yeah, she I think up. she
1: was on there. She was like nine or something, right? Or eight, maybe? So... But
0: yeah, other than the ones that you're already familiar with, there were a few that were introduced. They were just like, who the fuck is this guy? And Crust was one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so he's fighting with this high end Nomu guy in a tight corridor. We get a bit of a whole thing where it's like there are different categories of hollow. Sorry, Nomu. Um, and then there's the high end Nomu who have taken their masks off and are much stronger. Uh, that's basically it. Dr. Ujiko says that it's really difficult to create a high end Nomu without uh, All for One being around. And uh, so he's trying to run, but they, he d- is running out of options now that uh, Johnny, who had the warp, and Mocha, who had the double ability, are now dead. Um, it's kind of difficult to actually do anything with them uh, in order to get away. So. He is desperately hoping for his few available high end nomu to actually hold off the heroes while he continues working on Chigaraki. There is a very handy progress bar because this is how these sorts of experiments work. You know, you is there uh-huh. it's you know you wait for it to install and then the biome weapon is ready. Yep. Uh, and we see it tick over from 70%. To every,
1: uh, every evil doomsday weapon loads up exactly like a computer game from the late 1990s where you have to sit there and you're just on like a blue screen with like a text box in the middle that has some junk on it and then a, a loading bar. And you just sit there and you wait to play uh, third grade Mystery Mountain.
0: So Mirko comes jumping in. She had been knocked on her ass seemingly in the previous chapter. But as she explains in this one, her legs canceled out the impact. So she was able to brace herself and probably catch herself when she, uh, hit the other side. And, uh, we are introduced to her quirk, which is rabbit. It's along the same lines as Froppy's frog quirk, gang, orcas killer whale quirk, where she has the abilities of her associate animal, but is a superhero with them. So she, she is a rabbit girl, which means that she's got powerful leaping ability and kicks and stuff. Uh, and most of the rest of the chapter is her fighting these high-end Nomu. And there's a lot of action shots. A lot of it's, you know, very nice-looking kicks and stuff. Uh, about halfway through the, the fight, however, uh, this psychic, I guess, high-end Nomu just grabs onto her arm and just twists it around and completely turns it to twigs. Mirko's response is to go that hurts and to kick him. (laughs) Uh, And he, she keeps on kicking stuff and the psychic one is basically the last one left. It looks like, and, uh, she basically, um, so she doesn't hurricane Ron at him, but she starts to, yeah. And tears (laughs) his head off. while. uh, Explaining basically uh, that, well, she explains afterwards, like, you know, um, that she lives every single day of her life with no regrets. And so that way, when she's dead, you know, she doesn't worry about it. And that's basically her hero philosophy is to just keep on going and going. And uh, so the fact that she has this really fucked up arm, she just, you know, kind of bandages it off with part of her costume and keeps on fighting. Saying, uh, it looks like she loses at least part of her arm. Well, it got, I mean, it got twisted completely around. So, yeah, it would not be surprising if part of it got completely ripped off. So, but uh, she says, like, there's no way you're going to beat Mirko, the hero, basically. Uh, although even after all the damage she's laid out against the Nomu, it seems as though none of them have actually been defeated. Uh except maybe the psychic one because she did rip its entire head off
1: so. yeah she mentions like uh, crushing their head seems to be the way to deal with them so mm-hmm. theoretically that is the way to do it um, and uh, I, I, do, I, it, so. I do have to enjoy the number of people who I've seen who are super envious of the psychic one because they got to have their yeah, head crushed, between head their crushed between their <laughs>
0: <eyes>. <laughs> yeah I guess if yeah, if there's a way to get killed by a hero in My Hero Academia that you want to enjoy, then I guess that'd be up there. Yeah, I sure.
1: I mean, it sounds horrible, but personally,
0: yeah. my biggest turn on would be completely incinerated by Endeavor. You know, just the—that's what gets me going, like having my flesh peeled away by fire. So.
1: Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not to take us on a tangent. Assuming, assuming, dying peacefully in your sleep isn't an option, and you you have to have like a way to die. Lit on Deal. fire is one of my number one Like one, Real? like it, Yeah, because when you're on fire, you're in so much pain, your body just goes numb like you don't have to feel like you're in the moment like everyone's like, oh, drowning or freeze to death, I was like, no, because for so long I'm just sitting like, oh my god, I'm about to die I'm about to die, like that's gonna be awful the fire lets you on, you're like, oh my god, I'm on fire this sucks, and then you just start running, and then you grab onto somebody and you hug them, you take them with you, <laughs> <laughs> like you're just like you're coming with me, and then boom See, I feel like fire would be a great way to go.
0: I have heard that drowning is one of the worst ways to die.
1: Oh, yeah. It's just panic. It's just nothing but terror before you die.
0: So there you go. Best ways to die, by the Unless Chris. you're like
1: getting sucked off by a dolphin underneath the water while it's happening. I guess that kind of like balances <laughs> oh, out this, or something. This alleviates the problems a little bit. <laughs> I was like, solves one problem, not the, not the most significant
0: one. Oh, no. What are people going to say if I actually get horrible getting sucked up by a dolphin? Oh, well.
1: (laughs) You know what? That's their problem. Good luck, family. Uh,
0: The last thing that actually happens in this chapter is we actually cut uh, over to the headquarters of the Liberation Front uh, where uh, the one doll guy uh, whose name I keep on forgetting is screaming for twice for Bubai Gawara. So, uh, I guess we might actually check in on what's going on on that because we've been really sticking around in this hospital for quite a while.
1: Yeah, so. I feel like we have to. Uh, so I'm not like crazy high on this chapter. I'm not bet low on or anything like that. Um, I think it's cool to see uh, Miriko in action. I think it's cool to see more of her personality. Um, I'm kind of so if you read the author comments, Horikoshi posted something that was like, I wonder if I should draw another 30 chapters of Miracle or advance the plot. (laughs) And that's kind of what it does feel like, where he's just like, man, I really like drawing Miracle. I'm just like, I really would like to start moving. This is a very cool chapter. I'm very glad we got it because we need more of some of these big heroes to help fill out the world and see what they're Mm -hmm. about. But I am still in a place where I'm just like, I would also like to start advancing things.
0: For me, this feels like because there's a lot of uh, echoes of the rescue Bakugo arc uh, in this. In terms of like, it looks like the heroes have the villains cornered. They have sealed off their method of escape, the warp quirk that they know of. Uh, but it seems as though something—the turning point—is going to come and ruin things for the for the good guys. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it seems as though uh, Shigaraki is going to uh, pop out, and he's and, you know he's going to be fully baked. Uh, and he's going to start wrecking stuff. And I wonder if Mirko is going to be put in that best genus position of like, Oh, this super strong hero is here to stop things. Oh, they got completely laid on their ass because the villain is so much more powerful than them. Uh, and that's the reason why she's having this big fight with the nomu so that you can actually see what she's capable of and how strong she is. So that it actually means something when she gets defeated by the big bad guy. Yeah. Uh, also, Shigaraki uh, tends to uh, completely
1: desiderate opponents. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I don't know how Shigaraki is going to beat anybody without absolutely killing completely them. Completely killing so, them. So, yeah, we'll be curious to see. Although, would... I guess maybe if you did they. Yeah. So it's what what's his name did. If you start getting crushed, you could cut off the limb mm-hmm. and then save the rest of the body. I right. mean, She's already lost an arm, but uh, maybe uh, I don't cut know, off an ear it, or something. I don't know. Do something.
0: It could also be the uh, what the Utuko uh, is doing here. We don't really know exactly what the nature of his uh, experiment here is. Hmm. It could be that he is giving him like additional quirks. True. Uh, so, who knows? Very true. Let's move on to Actage, Scene 103, Weapon. I'll say as I, as we go through this chapter, the first time I read this, I thought, that's pretty cool. Second time I read this, I thought, it's... I don't actually like it that much. So (laughs) it's something I think leaves a good first impression, but the longer I linger on it, the less I like it. Uh, We're continuing following Chiyoko's team's uh, performance of the play. Uh, Everyone thinks that she's super terrifying, despite the fact that she's got her same angelic smiles and such. Uh, The play proceeds to the point where the monkey king shows up. He is, of course, playing the role completely differently. Uh, He's actually like looking animalistic, kind of crawling on the ground the way that a monkey would. And they're like, "Where do you think he actually learned to move like that?" And Kay's like, "Probably learned from watching a real monkey." Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean that's
1: how it was established. He used to just hang out in the fucking like forest and like th- yeah.
0: do shit. Method and such.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He as for the magic fan. Princess Iron Fan uh, is like, "Fuck off." Basically, <laughs> uh, and they're like, oh, it's like the beauty and the beast because he's acting all animalistic. It contrasts with Chioko's beauty and makes her seem even more beautiful. Uh, but the point of, this, of all of this is to draw play up to Chioko's strengths and also at the end because she falls down to her hands and knees and kind of mimics the monkey king and starts acting animalistic, which gets a big reaction out of the crowd that, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to follow through with uh, Kuriyama's plan to intentionally create that moment where everyone sees that you know other side of Shioko, that other face. Uh, but there's an odd comment by the producer who said that this was a bad idea. She says, because uh, Tezuka, the director, says her fans must be fainting. And she says, but luckily, they're beyond recall. Instantly, they'll feel it they'll yearn to see the angel's other face again over and over. So was she convinced by their meeting that this was a good idea? Because she was against it. And she seems kind of confident that this is working now. Or maybe she's saying like, and the more they want to see it, the more her career will be ruined. Or I don't know. It's weird because it sounds she's in this exact context. She makes it sound like a good thing when she's been making it sound like a bad thing the entire time up to this point. Yeah, so.
1: I like, I want to live in the magical <clears throat> world of act age where uh, someone going against the grain with the one thing that made them popular is not immediately met with people just being disinterested <laughs> and in giving up on that person forever. That anyone would have the patience to be like, oh, wow, Chioko's doing something weird and auteur and kind of crazy. Let's see it. And they wouldn't just be like, oh, what? She's going to be weird? Fuck this. <laughs> she's <laughs> not cute I'm, anymore. I'm turning off this
0: stream. I'm not. I'm not going to buy her I don't know, Dokimakura anymore or something like that.
1: I'm not going to buy the Russian nesting dolls or whatever tchotchakies they make of the idols. I don't know.
0: But yeah. Um, like I said, I thought that this was interesting the first time I saw it. I think that the sudden visuals of Chiyoko following, falling down to her hands and knees uh, is kind of is shocking the first time you see it. But it is a little bit confusing what exactly is going on, mostly because of the way that ActAge's uh, chapters are paced, where it takes a while to get the full picture of what's going on. And uh, so, if you're in the moment with the series and you're like, oh, that's really cool, then it's great. But if you're like, well, what the hell does that mean in the context of something else? Well, you just have to wait. So. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the chapter that I actually was looking forward most to discussing this week. Let's talk Eden about Zero. It. Chapter 84. Or, as I like to call it this week, All You Eden Zero. <laughs> so-
1: <laughs> chapter 84 A World Without Shiki. Nick, we're starting up a long arc of A World Without Shiki, I think. I. <laughs>
0: So yeah, it's a world without Shiki, Chris, because he's dead and he's never coming he's back. Dead.
1: The way this chapter, the way this chapter starts, is with a newsreel confirming that uh, Sabaya, uh, Sabir was actually killed. Now it's just a TV news broadcast. So you think maybe it's like a cover up? Maybe he survived, but they had to pronounce him dead so they could show it. And then, but then we cut over to Pino and Happy, who actually are in a garbage dump, and you're like. Alright, so I guess some of these things have come to pass. And we we go to Rebecca, she's locked in a room with a camera on her, and she's just crestfallen. She's she's immensely depressed, talking about how they just kept her locked in the room for seven days. They tell her that everyone's safe, but anytime she thinks about it, she she's like starts panicking and you know, and she keeps reliving the moment that Cheeky got shot in the head over and over and over, and she's like, Why is this happening? And then Laguna shows up. And she, she starts flinching and shaking. He's like, hey, I'm not the boss. I'm like, ooh, it's a pretty uncomfortable scene when yeah, someone's traumatized. I guess yeah. it's pretty fucking brutal. And uh, she says, I now lack all emotion with the exception of one fear. Fear so great it even overshadows any hatred I had. Overwhelming fear. And uh, Laguna's like, hey, you should probably eat something or do something or look like, hey, you're part of the team now at this point like we all kind of want to put this in the past start getting on the right foot you know we're it sucked that everything happened like this but hey it is what it is at the very least at least take a shower so rebecca goes to take a shower because that's where all fucking pivotal fucking moments for rebecca have taken this place goes in. on for
0: so long she is in the chow shower from page 10 all the way to page eighteen. Yeah, she is in the shower for half the chapter. And most of those pages where she is in the shower are very fan servicey shots,
1: yeah, explicitly so uh, the first thing she starts talking about as, she doesn't think Lagoon is actually a bad guy. She's like he's probably the nicest person on Dragon's team. Uh, and then she's talking about how Draken wants her for her power. Uh, we get some more detail that he apparently must have given her, I guess, directly after killing Shiki or at another point. And I'm not sure exactly when this conversation was meant to have taken place. I think it's in that alleyway because we see a couple shots to it, but... Uh, the idea is saying he's like, ah, oh, I need your power. Cat Leaper, the power to change the laws of the cosmos. And then in this really awkward transition, it's back to Rebecca's butt in the shower. That's like, Cat Leaper, that's the name of my ether gear. Uh, basically, uh, they just reveal that her Thank power- God, text boxes of my narration are here, yeah. covering up. My naughty bits. (laughs) The main, like, significant part is they're like, she has power, but she hasn't unlocked the true cat leaper. And it would be very bad when she does unlock it. And uh, Draco Joe wants it because he feels that he deserves to have it. It's a forbidden power and uh, he's evil because drack and joe went from being a very interesting villain to the same villain. <laughs> yeah he just has the same motivation i has. was
0: with talking person who wanted to kind of get you comfortable around me so that you would maybe start to trust me so that i could
1: use your power for my was, own. i was i was i convinced you to join my side and then i killed all your friends <laughs> and made you my prisoner I was a, a businessman who saw a value in everything. Nothing was wasted. I wasn't about wonton purposeless violence because everything had a value to it. Shut up, <laughs> but now I i guess now I have everything I want. I can do whatever I want. Oh, perhaps I'll grow a mustache so I can twirl it all menacingly. What was it? That, did we do something to like really piss you off? No, <laughs> not at all, really. I was in complete control of the situation. Uh, she talks she's like oh why am i called number 29 what's 29 uh, i need to process all this information i have to find a clue oh i miss my friends and she starts thinking about all of them she starts thinking about cheeky and suddenly the tattoo on her leg with her ether gear starts shining and uh i don't know what this person is he's like a snail without a
0: shell in a suit he's basic, he does look like a slug yes
1: he's just so. like Crack and you're picking up some <laughs> high concentration I, I, here. I,
0: I, I, I can't understand you.
1: Crack and this work was Write it down. I have your hands. <laughs> Why are you the monitor? <laughs> Equal opportunity says you have to have one slug person on the team. You got to assign where? <laughs> it's not my fault you picked a very high priority position where Camille's key. What did you say about my mother? I'll kill you!
0: (laughs) Except I won't. I see value in your life. Except when I don't.
1: Uh, See, her numbers are going up way too high! No, don't let her get away! She's using (laughs) cat leaper! And uh, Rebecca's like, wait, the water in the shower where I've been taking my very long bath, it's stopped. Oh no, something's pulling me! What's happening?! Is it gravity? I'm falling. But where? And then she wakes up back on. Hold on. Before you get before you get
0: to where she ends up. So in the shot where we see her like falling, Mm -hmm. she has cat ears. And so my instinctive reaction was, is she somehow going back to the virtual world?
1: Yeah. She had cat ears in
0: that on her avatar. And I thought that would be an interesting way of her getting out, and then maybe she could use that to come out somewhere else and get help from someone. And instead, what happens is...
1: <laughs> she winds up back on the Eden Zero, uh, right, basically when she passed out in the, the hot tub or the sauna thing before, right before this arc started. Yes. Um, so she before went Before anyone back. set off. Yeah, yeah, so she has gone back in time. So here's what we've seen. Uh, obviously, yes, everything... Happened, uh, but it's pretty irrelevant because they've already gone back in time, and the whole purpose now will be Rebecca trying to stop all of the events from happening that are going to lead to that awful scenario happening again, which could be very interesting. Uh, I think if there are established points where Rebecca could point out because she was present for I think a lot of small parts of it, so if she's like, Hey. Uh, nobody start crying when we get to the, the, the lake, like nobody fall for that trick or else Weiss is going to be alone and he's going to end up getting mm-hmm. shot at the end of it. And we can't let that happen. And, uh, Shiki don't run off alone because Jin's going to show up and we can't let Hamora go off alone because she can't beat Self. Like doing something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what's going to happen. She's just going to tell everybody what to do like once, like be like, hey, we're going to get killed right. by Jack and Joe. And I don't know. We'll Let's
0: done. not go off like uh, on this uh, mission.
1: <laughs> but uh, man, what an awful fucking chapter in pacing. This is like it's... half this chapter is crushingly, horrifyingly depressing. The very emotion that she shudders in fear the moment anyone opens the door and everyone's dead and they're all gone. And Rebecca's just stuck basically trapped as like uh a, a, basically a slave of Drack and Joe, presumably for the rest of her life. And then it's like in the last two pages, it's like boom, and then she's back in time. And you're like, okay, everything's all right now. We can try this again. And you're like, what a weird pacing to have not spaced, like, if you were going to make us live in a world without shiki why didn't we actually fucking live in that world for a hot second? Instead, it was just one chapter. All we needed to focus on was this and now back in time, unless maybe she leaps back forward or something. I don't know.
0: Maybe she's only going to be allowed to influence certain things and she'll have to jump back and forth, which could be an interesting twist on the time travel thing that she has to. She can't just stay in the past. She has to go back. And so each time she goes back, she can change a little something which gradually changes the way that uh, things turn out in the present timeline or the future timeline, the dark future timeline, whatever. But. uh, So I'm going to keep my mind open in terms of that aspect of it. But yeah, this chapter is really bad at setting that up because there is so much of it that is just exposition while Rebecca's in the shower getting sexy stuff while you should be feeling bad for her. Um, and I don't know if Hero is just incapable of doing certain things, and he just gets bored during certain storytelling moments. He's just like, let me just draw some butt there. Okay, I can get through this now.
1: <laughs> He's like, female empowerment is very good, but I definitely need to be drawing some nudity cleavage. while it's happening.
0: Oh my god, she's she's. She, I can just draw so many angles of her boobs. Uh. Um,
1: she, I would love to develop her arc further, but to do that, I need to draw her arcs as well. So... <laughs> Um oh, look, so I, was- I I would say that there's potential for this to be interesting, but I just I really don't have good expectations for it, particularly when we're not even a hundred chapters into this series yeah. and one of the characters is real to have the ability to just go back in time yeah. potentially. Like I don't know. It's it, it feels like we're going to talk probably about a couple chapters this week that are definitely 100% ending very soon. Yes. And the chapters set up for that. I would assume in Zero were ending if this just wasn't naturally the pace Hero works at where right, this is like exactly. I
0: have to get all my stuff done immediately. This is I mean, in terms of the way that this unfolds, this is very like this is very in line with what Hero usually does. Uh that said, for a guy who's been professionally and having a lot of people pay attention to him, draw manga for two decades. This is a bizarrely incompetent execution of this concept, which is things are as bad as they could possibly be. And Rebecca in her desperation has an emotional moment that allows her to unlock this thing that allows her to go back and fix it. We don't even see what has happened with Hamora and Weiss. Uh, While this is going on or any of the members of the crew that were uh, attacked on the ship. We don't see any of them. We see uh, Pino and Happy in the junkyard. We know that Cheeky is dead and that's it. We don't see what has happened to anyone else. If there had been this chapter and one or two chapters past it where it's Rebecca just having to see how bad things have gotten And like every single person that she thinks of, like, I can go and find this person and maybe if Weiss and I get together, we can come up with something to fix things. If uh, I get to the members of the crew, uh, maybe some of us can fix things and she keeps on running into dead ends. For a, you know, just a couple of chapters, or she has even just one hope, last hope after she you know ticks off the list of everyone's been defeated, and then she has that one last moment where she's like, "It's hopeless. What can I possibly do to fix things?" And then her ether gear activates it would have been far more effective. Yeah, but instead we very we very much just rushed to this conclusion.
1: Uh, we just had Shiki die, and then by the end of the next chapter. Rebecca has potentially found a way to maybe fix everything. I mean, we don't know if that's going to work. We don't know how Cat Leaper exactly works. As you mentioned, it Mm -hmm. could be an all-you-need-is-kill scenario. It could be something where she keeps leaping back and forth. It could be something where she has a limited way to actually change things or influence things. We don't really know what its limits are, but this is a moment of hope after just a single chapter of what should have been the big thing.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, The only uh, thing I can see um, from this that could have an impact because obviously we have to assume at this point everything's getting undone. Uh The one consequence to this that I don't have faith uh, in Hero to include in the story because it's generally not the way that he writes is that Rebecca is traumatized by this incident. She lived through her friends getting killed and tortured and having that week long period where she was in complete despair and hopelessness. If that is actually carried forward and has consequences, I would give a lot of credit to hero, uh, where, you know, she manages to fix everything, but she still, you know, is haunted by the memory of it having happened to her for real. Uh, I I think it would be really interesting to do that, but I don't think he's going to do it. So all right, let's move on. Talking about Mashal, Magic and Muscles.
1: Mash, 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 Mash,
0: Let's not do another one. Yeah, let's Chapter do Six, every, every series. Mash, Van did and the Academy Hierarchy. Last time, Mash got upset <laughs> about Draco Malfoy bullying him. Cavill. Uh, and so he drove his head into the ground. And when told, you will get expelled for that, he was like, who cares? Actually, that'd be really bad. <laughs> And so we open up this chapter with him saying, I might have done a bad thing. And the vice principal uh, shows up, the guy that uh, Cavill's family was in good with, Farman Kregos. What a name.
1: He has a snidely whiplash mustache. Uh (laughs) He also has uh, his Dr. Stone line never got fixed. (laughs) I guess.
0: (laughs) So... He's like, I witnessed everything. And so MASH starts to say, well, then you know what actually happened. He's like, This was a violent attack on a student. And Finn, MASH, we've been holding a school conference conference about your roles in this. And MASH, Mash is like, what about us? It's like, yes, surely you can see why. You and Lloyd are of a different status. That means different treatment. If you're ignorant to figure that out, then it is up to me to teach you fools how this world works. And MASH knees him in the face. The number of unnecessary two-page beatdowns this guy has driven now, people. But yeah, so he delivers the Kinshasa. And everyone's (laughs) like, oh Do you think I actually
1: get a pinfall off of it?
0: Uh... (laughs) I mean, Nakamura does actually tend to get pinfalls when he actually hits the finishing move. It's just that he tends to miss it a lot on people. Anyway, uh, so everyone's like, oh no, he beat up the Vice Principal too! And Mash just says... He didn't seem that open to reason. Sorry. Oh, but we're really. What's one more body? (laughs) The vice principal whips out his wand and he's like, I can expel a student like you with a flick of my wand. He starts to recite a a spell. (laughs) Mash smears some dirt in his face to interrupt him. (laughs) The vice principal's like, What? Where'd this dirt come from? And Mash has dug a hole behind him really quickly. And he picks the vice principal up and drops him in the hole and then buries him in it. And he's like, what are you doing? Burying you. And the vice principal's like, did you hear me? I can have you. I heard you last time. You can expel me with a flick of your wand. Just like I can enroll you in the earth. Mash is a little bit of a psychopath, maybe.
1: Yeah, I was like it's an odd chapter where he kind of comes off serial killer-ish. Also, <laughs> I have to enjoy that he tries a badass line and you're like, like I really wish the guy is responsible. Like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Just when, like you're gonna second. enroll me in the earth? That's not a phrase people say. <laughs> Just
0: a five second pause. I was like, What does that mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come again? <laughs>
0: And Mash says, throw me in prison or cut my body in two. I'll crawl out of the earth itself to bury you. And he just keeps on burying the guy. He's like, stop it. No. And um, as far as as we know, he completely buried him because he was already up to his neck when he was still shoveling dirt onto him. (laughs) So
1: so the next
0: day he is brought before the freaking student council, including including our old friend Wahlberg. Uh And Wahlberg says, do you know why you were summoned here? (laughs) And Matt says, it's because I made cream puffs in the dorm kitchen without asking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great if they're like, no, but you did that too. (laughs) Uh, Put that on the record too.
0: (laughs) Thank you for reminding us. We We got blinded by the scope of all this other shit you did. So, yeah, so (laughs) Wahlberg says, yeah, you you beat up Cavill, you buried the vice principal. So that's caught the attention of the Bureau of Magic. And we got this notice from the Bureau requesting your immediate expulsion. And he goes on to explain that the Bureau of Magic is the country's highest legal authority. They basically control the country. At the core of their organization are the divine visionaries. The Academy Furnishes. I know that you would, I'd, I'm sure, love to well, recite no, this. I, I
1: actually, Nick, I know everyone wants to do Wahlberg wow. because Wahlberg is the name of the character. Wahlberg was very fun. However, I feel this chapter has presented us a great opportunity oh, no. because the entirety of this chapter is about how the magic world is controlled by the 1%, and Wahlberg isn't going to let that happen. And I feel 100% Wahlberg needs to be Bernie Sanders from now on. (laughs) he's just like, What's even more unforgivable is a world where the caring are at a disadvantage. And I've been concerned with the current state of the world. You're putting a
0: lot of cheek flap on that impression of Bernie Sanders.
1: (laughs) He's got a lot going on.
0: Let me see if I can do this. Hang on. I've I've never actually tried this before, but I've seen other people do impressions. This academy furnishes the Bureau with those qualified to become divine visionaries. In essence, it is our role to raise the next generation of government employees. As I'm sure you're aware, your capital is the son of a high-ranking member of the Bureau. In other words, you have done something unforgivable. However...
1: Bernie Sanders never learned sentence cadence. <laughs> Every <laughs> sentence just keeps going on.
0: <laughs> You've done something more unforgivable.
1: More. However, what is even more unforgivable <laughs> is a one the where they carry out at a disadvantage. I beckon some with the world in the guard say what's <laughs> 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 Punctuation, <laughs> please! <laughs> we made the periods so big, you said your eyes were bad!
0: It's a tool of the 1%. <laughs> 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 so, so, so. So, so they were told to keep me from expressing my true rage at the system which is not by using single exclamation points at the end of sentences but by having them coat the entire words that I use in my verbiage in my gesticulations
1: this is so a bit like so how is it a tool of the 1% again <laughs> you sound like one of those elitists on the nose you know who gets you know who really uses periods? That's Bloomberg. Bloomberg Bloomberg uses periods all the time. <laughs> Just like, like, they're like, oh fuck that guy, you got <laughs> us
0: <laughs> Except for the guys that Bloomberg pays, which is a significant portion of them. <laughs> Actually, God, that's yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh so Wahlberg says that um Power and authority are concentrated in the hands of the self-serving. We are frightening few people like you who will risk themselves to act. And that is why I sincerely hope that someday someone like you will become a divine visionary. And MASH says, well, lucky for you, I already planned to. And Warburg says, ho, ho, ho,
1: <laughs> ho, ho, ho that's the spirit <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm trying to I don't think I've ever heard Bernie Sanders laugh in my life and I can't imagine in
0: some it. interviews he smiles but it is weird to see him laugh yeah. like
1: I'm, I'm trying to think of like a Bernie Sanders chuckle and it like my my, <laughs> my mind just comes up with a giant question mark
0: oh man so Wahlberg explains. That to become a divine visionary, Mash first has to be the top student at the academy, which means getting the coins, as was established in the previous chapter. Uh, but as he goes through the explanation of how the, of how the, the system works, Mash kind of just completely zones out. In fact, Wahlberg's like, oh, he, he, he lost consciousness because I was boring him, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and Mash is like, oh, sorry for dozing off in the middle of your long monologue. He all but says, like, sorry, I, I fell asleep because you were so boring, you know. But uh, Wahlberg says, just do well in class, earn high marks, acquire a bunch of coins. I will hand to the vice principal in the Bureau of Magic. I'm counting on you. And Mash says, okay.
1: Yeah, that's his line.
0: And uh, so he's, he leaves, and Wahlberg thinks to himself that there's one more problem that Mash will have to face. And uh, we see that mash's fake marking uh, is highlighted and but Wahlberg says to himself but i believe in you you can surpass any trial and the next day we were just kind of going straight in straight ahead keep keep things moving which is nice to see for a young series especially one that we enjoy because it's like hey don't let those fucking you know very uh I don't even know what the right word is. It's like, you know, it's hard to imp- impress some uh, people with a weird series uh, when it comes to the Shonen Jump readership. So hopefully this is not boring them because I want to see more of this. Mm. So we're getting a Nature or match of the Magic Realm's most popular sport. Quidditch. Sorry. Duello. <laughs> it's a sport using brooms. Players fly through the air competing to send a ball through the goal. So Quidditch without all the bullshit. Presumably, yeah. Uh,
1: hey, it's it's a very intricate game. If you catch this one thing, you can immediately win the game, basically. basically.
0: Except for that one time, which basically happened in the series, just to say, well, you, know, they're they're like, like, oh, you, don't, you can't always
1: just win it if you catch it. And so, our we'll game's narr- very balanced. It's very realistic.
0: <laughs> so the narration says, despite being a first year, Mash was recruited to his Torm's Duello team. So everyone's like, "We're counting on you. Let's do it." The team that wins this match will receive a silver coin and MASH just just looks around everyone and says, but I can't fly. I'm sure he'll find a way, Chris.
1: Oh yeah. I'm very curious to see it. I look forward to
0: more MASH goofiness. This was an interesting chapter to lay out the way that uh, the plot is actually going to work. hmm.
1: Uh, I will say of the Mashal chapters we've gotten, this was my least favorite one. Uh, I agree. I didn't find it as funny and I did find it actually kind of weird how sadistic and kind of cruel Mashal was mm. for that period there, or Mash, I guess. Um, but I, I think it's still op- Like overall is something to look forward to, and, and like I'm still super excited for it. Mm.
0: I, I I was gonna say it's kind of weird, but I'm actually kind of glad, because you, you would think that this whole explanation that Walbur gives to Mash and yeah. is saying, like, hey, do your best and I'll kind of take care of the politics... Uh, you would think that that would have happened um, back when they had their first encounter in chapter three but I guess it makes it, it paces a little bit better to have mash get a little bit used to the dorm life and actually experience some of the classism there uh, and see that it's not just something that is used to you know torment specifically him and his grandfather but it's something that is uh throughout the entire system uh, of the of this universe um and then have it have after we've gotten to see that, we get the explanation of why Wover wants
1: to change things. So,
0: all right, we've got a series of three chapters in a row here.
1: All right. Well, before we get that, I, I've I've meant to do this and I keep forgetting, so I want to do this while it's this on my mind. Oh, okay. Uh, this isn't like a paid promo or anything like this, guys. Uh, I just want to give you guys a heads up. If you enjoy Weekly Manga Recap, you enjoy podcasts talking about anime and manga, I would highly recommend if you go check out, uh, Jeff is part of a podcast right now mm-hmm. called Love It or Weeb It. It's anime <laughs> previews and reviews. They're taking a look at new series, new anime series, and discussing if it's recommended, what would be the the best, what would be the ones you'd weeb. So. I highly, yeah, Raid Shadow Legends, guys, you can collect over 400 characters, no, uh, go check this out, if you're very, if you're interested in more kind of content along these lines, Uh, Jeff is a big friend of the show, I wanted to give a mm-hmm. shout out to it, go check it out, Love It or Weebit, W-E-E-B, Uh, you can go check it out there, it's an iTunes, Stitcher, mm-hmm. you know, all those sorts of things, so go check that and, out, guys. Uh,
0: they're updating quite regularly yes. at this point, so. Very much so. Uh, and now, while we're uh, doing the plugs and everything like that, uh, guys, uh, go subscribe to Audible using audible.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: guys, you know what you really need in your life? Zip Recruiter, because <laughs> it's honestly, I don't enjoy much Family Guy anymore, but it is like my favorite joke in recent Family Guy where they have Peter like hosting a podcast and he's like, Zip Recruiter, because one company grossly overestimated the number of podcast people who are <laughs> listeners who are in the position to hire people. <laughs> All right.
0: Okay, so we've got three chapters in a row here that all seem like they are either in the final showdown or headed towards the final showdown of the series. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got Mission Yozakuri Family to start with. There's a lot of bullshit at the beginning that I'm not even going to bother talking about because it's more stupid older brother bullshit. That's really boring and stupid and unfunny and trite at this point. Once that's done, a third of the way through the chapter there, that was easy. Uh, <laughs> we, get, we get Tayo looking down at the box that he retrieved from the tree that uh, Kurogao told him to go find near his daughter's grave. And so uh, he's looking at the box and he's thinking to himself, there's information about my family inside this box. At that moment, suddenly Mutsumi comes up behind him uh, and is acting like a ghost. She's got like the flashlight under her face and she's like, you seem troubled and, you know, she spooks him. Uh, And uh, so she says, hey, are you going to open that box? And he says, I'm afraid to because I'm afraid that everything will change while I open it because when I was trying to stop Kurogao, I, you know, I I did it. I moved on instinct, but I did think for a second if the person who took my family from me was right in front of me, I might have done the same thing as him, you know, held him at gunpoint and been prepared to kill them. I was completely managed to avoid killing up until this point. Uh, And he says, you know, I could say that was just a momentary lapse, but that's just an excuse. Even though I said I didn't want anyone else to die at that moment, I sympathized with someone who wanted to kill and if I open this box and find out about my family, I fear I might become like him, too. And Mutsumi leans in and kisses Taiyo on the cheek, which surprises him. And she's like, oh, how embarrassing. It's a weird joke. But. Uh, she says, I just kind of thought the moment called for me to do that. And, you know, no matter how much something surprises you, you'll still be the same person. A lot of things have altered my life forever. Some things won't ever go back to the way that they were. But everyone around me stayed by my side. And so there were many things that didn't change, too. And I don't think you'll change, Tayo. But even if you do, I'll always be by your side. And she puts her hand over his. This is a really sweet moment. And I wish that we had gotten more stuff about this and the bonds between this family and stuff (laughs) as opposed to. Oh, no, her older brother's trying to kill Tayo. How wacky, which has been the most. Commonly occurring thing in this series
1: It's that so. and Here's a normally mundane Thing that's going to happen but is actually A super secret spy training exercise mm-hmm. Oh this tea's too hot What you don't realize is that tea Is a spy <laughs> exercise Like, Fuck off based an entire Goddamn chapter on this shit
0: But uh As they were having when Ty Initially got startled when uh, she Kissed him uh the box fell from uh, his hands and a little glass marble fell out. And, uh, uh brother, don't care. Uh, <laughs> so identifies the marble as a sequence of air bubbles created using a laser. It is a method of recording optical data. So, you know, it's like one of those things in star Wars, the, uh, I forget what they're called. I almost said Tesseract, but that's from Marvel. My bad. Um,
1: Oh, I'll, I'll say, it, I'll might, it might still be Tesseract, like Tesseracts are real things.
0: I know, I know, but I'll remember what it's actually called yeah. after <laughs> after the podcast is done, I'm sure.
1: Holoc- but, it's not holocrons, right? That's what they call most uh, of like the information storage stuff in Star Wars, if Knights of Order pup have taught me a lot.
0: I'm saying Sith data storage device. Uh, it is a holocron, my bad, okay. All right. So anyway, oh no, he saw Mutsumi kiss Tayo's cheek and he wants to attack Tayo, but then the rival character comes up. And so, yeah, whatever.
1: I'm very confused because I typed Sith data storage into Google and the first result was, do you mean (laughs) Babbage's? I was like, what the fuck are they doing at Babbage's now?
0: I got a bunch of results for uh, stores as well, so...
1: They're like, hey, the video game selling business ain't as good as it used to be where we now accept data transfers from Sith. You make money where you can.
0: So this chapter of Yosakura Family, uh, the middle of it, I thought was quite good, and I just wish that there were more of it in the series and just generally less of what the series has most commonly been about, honestly, so... But yeah, I wanted to give some...
1: I'm going to give a little bit of love to that. So Yeah, I think the end of this chapter was pretty solid. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Mm. Samurai 8! Chap- man. So things got bad for...
0: <laughs> so, I think that Hachimaru might be ending after all, Chris.
1: Yeah, man. I like It's so weird how kind of dragged out and everything, like everything after the Ben arc was... And then this chapter was just like, all right, got fuck it. Like, let's, uh, somebody, uh, get, like, the speed shoes of Sonic. We gotta run through the rest of this plot. We find out what
0: Ada did at the end of the last chapter, which is basically stuck, uh, Dharma and the other one, Nekomata, I guess, uh, in. Them in ultimate dimension basically uh he put them in a void so he's like yes a has mastery for and connecting each other. they basically teleport onto dharma's ship after a bit uh and so Hachimaru is like and pray for me and tries to attack them uh, oh, actually, he doesn't actually teleport to their ship. He teleports Hachimaro in and... Uh, Dog. Hachimaru's... H-
1: Taro, or something like that?
0: Hayat- Hayataro, maybe. Anyway. He teleports them to his ship and then basically launches a Death Star beam at Dharma's ship. And uh, so Goku immediately takes action and is just like, Hyper jump us somewhere so that we don't blow up. Do it now. Uh, and seemingly they managed to get away, I guess. Uh, so Hachimaru like, Anne, pray for me. And he tries to fight Ada. And I was like, I'm in my real body this time. You don't stand a chance. And sure enough, he dashes in and slices and Hachimaru's cut to pieces. Uh, and then he reaches out towards Anne, uh, and other dude can't get out of the void dimension. Hachimaru has been instantly defeated. Their other allies are not there. Uh, and so they're like, where, where, where are we? We managed to survive, but we're a, wh- a long way away. What happened to everyone? I And Send the Silent is like, I've lost sight of them. You're so helpful, Send the Silent.
1: I really, I want a world we just follow send the silent and he's fucking worthless on every adventure like he follow like he's on the, the the fucking uh the fellowship of the rings and they're just like can you help us get Frodo out of the mines he's stuck down there he's just like I have nothing to offer <laughs> but he still he still shows up at the doorway at the end like remember me guys like you did nothing
0: <laughs> he comes in through the door and Frodo looks at me he's like he <laughs>
1: He, cut, he cuts in in front of Legolas. He's like, because it like kind of went in order of importance, and he's just like, "Out of my way! Remember <laughs> like me, Legolas. I was...
0: Orlando Bloom!" Starts to come in. He just kind of gets pushed out of the way. Hey,
1: it's me. Set the silence. Set the silence. Remember all the wise teachings I gave you. Should have told you to take the birds. Woo! He <laughs> says that at the end. I should have told you to take the birds.
0: <laughs> what if it like the beginning when the fellowship is formed? Uh, like you, you you have my sword and my bow and my axe. And we kind of like looks at Sen. And he's like, All right, "Oh, i meeting." Um, the
1: <laughs> And my wise mind. <laughs> so, uh, you, what do you anyway, think? Anyway, what look- do you think? Gandalf meant by "fly, you fools." Probably nothing. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> like that <laughs> don't fly anywhere. <laughs>
0: Like and when they're in the mines, it's it's like, you know, he like uh, there's the bit where Pippin like knocks the bucket over and it goes down the well. But if instead, like, you know, send catch. It, he's like, oh, Pippin, you got to be more careful, dude. You could have caused a lot of noise. Anyway, you should be more like me. Send the silence and be more cautious.
1: <laughs> just be, could be orcs and goblins down here. <laughs> just just screaming down the well. like his face is in the hole and he's just screaming. <laughs> And he's like, anyway, here's your bucket back and then just drops it, <laughs> drops it down the wall <laughs> And then he plays him he's like Pippin, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh Pippin didn't get it. It's like fool if I took Yeah him. <laughs> oh man, so worthless. <laughs>
0: All the hobbits are, st- are glaring at him.
1: <laughs> like, I don't get it. Is he like, is he from a clan or <laughs> does he like represent some art? Like, why are we letting this guy follow us? If he would clearly immediately succumb to the ring, should we put it to we give it to him?
0: <laughs> they have the fight with the troll after that. It looks like Frodo's been impaled. But the way he gets impaled is a sense like, oh, no, no, not me. Like, puts Frodo in front of him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The tro- it's like the scene where the troll's looking around the pillar, and you see it go around the one side and send points over to where Frodo is. <laughs> over
0: there. Like afterwards, they pull up Frodo's shirt and give him those, like, Mithril, and Ted's like, oh yeah, yeah, the Mithril, that's how I knew he'd be okay. <laughs> but he already used it, so I should get it now. <laughs> <laughs> one use per member of the Fellowship, except I'll take your guys' uses too. <laughs>
1: Except it's mine forever. Since, <laughs> so like, at the big battle at Mordor... Sorry, this is just the Lord of the Rings dunking on some podcast <laughs> Like, the big battle before Mordor, like, Never thought I'd die side by side with an elf. Like, what about side by side with a friend? And then Sin just slides in, he's like, What about next to me, guys? <laughs> they're, just like, like... they're like, you couldn't just let us have our fucking moment?
0: Gimbley's like... You know, actually I next to him, you're like one of my best friends, so uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. All right. (laughs) Oh, okay. So Hachimaru wakes up after, you know, he got his ass kicked and Atta has removed his spine, his his box, and he it's actually really distressing. Uh, Because his limbs are all still chopped off and uh, he's been hooked into a wall. So he's kind of got this, you know, new uh, life support system kind of hooking into him. So he's back the way he was before. Uh, Ada says, you're going to be like this the rest of your life. Uh, Your body was sliced with the Sorokin, so it's not going to regenerate. And I'm going to keep you around as a recovery socket for your brother's keys. He demands to know where Anna Hayataro are. And Ada says, well, they were your trinity, Hachikaku. They'll be used as the princess and keyholder for Ikaku and the rest of your brothers. You will never see them again. And sure enough, Anne and Hightaro are surrounded by the other clones. They say, we're going to be your samurai now. It's a very cuckoldy moment, actually. It's very uncomfortable. But hey, this is supposed to be a very despair-filled moment. And honestly... I think it's actually very good at evoking that. It's like, yeah. well, Hachimar is fucked.
1: So. Maybe Hachimaru will take a shower and Age of back in Time at the end of the chapter.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. So Hachimaru says he's not going to accept this, but Ada says, you know, unlike last time, you and the girl have now bound by a strong heroism and calling, which is why you will be so useful because those who have a strong heroism and calling like you often cannot disintegrate after defeat. You will remain alive here indefinitely, and you'll make an excellent dummy to test blades on. But sooner or later, over an unthinkable amount of time, your sentiment toward the girl will fade and you will lose your heroism and calling. Hope. and Because Hachimura says, that's not going to happen. He's like, oh, I'm glad you're saying that because hope. As long as you cling to such an uncertain thing, you cannot die. And then he reveals seemingly a little bit about himself because he says, Long ago, there was a beautiful woman samurai I knew by the name of Hannah. Or Hannah. I don't know. She was placed in the same situation you now find yourself in. She was treated like a dummy, a testing model for swords for decades. Her calling was to protect her incompetent samurai brother for the rest of her life. You do not know true hell, a living hell, because it felt the same for the brother. If he could die, he could save his elder sister from her living hell, but the brother could not die. He cursed his undying samurai body. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, guess who's coming to save the day? It's fucking Nanashi. Guess they're a samurai now. That was quick. Yeah. Good job, buddy.
1: <laughs> they, uh, they showed up just in time. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, this was very much a, well, we've got to do the final battle now, uh, kind of chapter. I will give credit for, hey, you know, you did definitely put, uh, Hachimaru in this seemingly unwinnable situation. You really feel just how bad things are at this point. Um, and I do really wish that there had been less exposition and less stat monkey talk throughout this series because when, freaking uh, when it focuses on character moments. Yeah, you get some missteps like the stuff between Han Ann and Hashimaru in the last couple of chapters. But Kishimoto can still do some really emotional and effective storytelling when he focuses on the right things. And uh, it's a shame because this would have had much more impact if this had been a better series to this point. So, yeah. And then finally, we have Zipman. Um, Seems as though Koshiro is actually working for the big bad guy guy. That's the result of the mirror thing stealing his soul. That's what it looks like. Um, a Sun Wukong style Jackman suit uh, shows up with a bunch of living suit things. They're very similar to the uh, fiber uh, suit things from Kill a Kill, if you've seen that series, because they're running around forcefully abducting people in order to force them to wear them. Uh, and, uh, anyway, uh, Kigami shows up and throws down and, uh, he attacks, uh, these, uh, monkey king looking guy who counters immediately. Like, uh, Kagami, who tries to use the big giant fist thing and he's like, oh, hundred thousand power- horsepower steam. And so the Wukong guy just counters it with a hand foot thing. And he says, 100,000 horsepower is not enough. And he flicks it with his toe and sends Kagami flying. And he says, uh, after uh, Zitman gets back up, throws a lance at him, he's like, hey, how strong are you? And Wukong says, we're the strongest at the top of the pyramid. We start at 10 million horsepower, 100 times yours. So now there's power levels in this series. Mm-hmm. That's a great addition at the last moment. Gotta get it in.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe people get really excited for it. Maybe <laughs> they call it horsepower in this series instead of uh, Nen or the spirit power or chakra right. or anything like that. Or gravity. Yeah. yeah.
0: And Gami's like, oh, that's it, huh? Well, then let's finish this up so I can be on my way. And Wukong's like, you're a stupid dog. I'll show you what you're up against in just a few seconds. So he's going to lose in the next chapter
1: or so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a shame because the visual of like the pirate ship and the train and the whale and the flying nimbus like floating Ooh. in over the city in this, like, this deep mist or, or fog or steam, it's a really cool visual. And this actually does feel like a terrifying moment where they're dropping these things that are just abducting people for this grand plot. But the series is ending. So everything's kind of rushed so it's all kind of bittersweet you're like this could have been kind of cool i actually kind of like this monkey king guy yeah but what does it matter
0: yeah it's going to be over in like a month at most
1: so yeah let's talk about we never learn nick yeah question. we made it chris <laughs> it's finally Question one forty nine: The ephemeral mermaid sprinkles into a promise never uh, promise pizza bet. <laughs> promise Neverland. A prom- We're skipping <laughs> it. Yeah, fucking <laughs> no time. <laughs> they like each other. Uh, promise pizza bet part eight. So Uega has shown up at the the airport. He's very tired, and he basically explains everything that just happened to her. So she's like, "Oh wow, like Kirisu and Asumi helped you. Like that's crazy." And uh, he's like, you know, I've been thinking about what you said about, you know, what you are to me, what would make you happiness. Uh, and Uru- uh, Ogata and Famino, they already told me off. And, you know, she's thinking like, oh, wow, the both of them are kind of here pushing him to this point. They got yeah, him. Yeah, she
0: gets, she gets this visual as she looks at Yuiga and she realizes they're like encouraging her to, hey, you know, Go we're for OK it. with this, basically.
1: So. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, Hey, you know, as long as I've known you, I've really admired you. Uh, you're always so energetic and positive and you're so relaxed and easy going. And when it comes to swimming, you're, you're like a different person. It's incredible. And as time goes on, you're just going to get more and more amazing. You're going to become famous. You're going to inspire everyone with their swimming. I'm so proud of you. And I'm in, fr- I'm afraid that if I'm in that picture, I'll get in the way of your dreams. So Ruger kind of frowns, and she, you know, she grabs at the hem of her skirt, she's like, oh, okay, so if that's how you feel, uh, you ain't good, interrupts her, he says, so, I'm sorry, but please let me get in your way. I hate the idea of you going far away from me. I don't even want to think about you falling in love with somebody else, and maybe I'll never be your equal, maybe I can't bring you happiness, and I know this is very selfish of me, but I need it for my own happiness. What I'm trying to say is, Aruka Takamoto, I love you.
0: Big full-page spread of his confession.
1: hmm And, uh, she is, like, stupid. You don't... What do you know about my dreams and my happiness? And all this time I've been struggling in school and my dream and my idea of happiness and thinking about everything. And then she just starts crying because she's so mm-hmm. happy. And the rain lets up. We cut over to the, uh... Uh, the graduation ceremony where Femino is giving her big speech. Uh, it this sounds exactly like the grossly overwritten speeches I remember being at my high yep. school graduation at Rel. As we go off to new horizons, mm-hmm. we have the world at our fingertips, and we can evoke great change. <laughs> As uh, the great, and then they'll they'll cite someone very prestigious. <laughs> Psych- but then they're gonna. Then they have to. And they're like. And as the great wrestler Hulk Hogan once said, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and I don't know, and Hulk up. Black
0: people can't date my daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, the,
1: as the great wrestler Hulk Hogan said, oof fish makes me gassy. <laughs> <laughs> um so we, basically her whole speech though, as she's thinking, she's like, Did you find the answer to your last pop quiz on feminine psychology? I was worried this time if you'd get it or not, you could be kind of clueless and totally square and awkward, but also sweet and sincere, Narki, just the way you are, and in her real speech, she's saying, "I loved you deeply," and she's crying, so it's kind of her way of getting away from it. And we cut Everyone
0: over. is crying in the audience except for one person, yeah. Chris.
1: Seki not crying. She's like, oh,
0: she's just like, this is a bullshit speech. She's Fuck like, her. I
1: don't get. She's like, I don't get this. She hasn't quoted Hulk Hogan once. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh Ogat- god, how am I supposed to know who's back to grab
0: onto when the when the building collapses and the and the world floods? <laughs> and then, oh Ogat- god, who's gonna dog paddle me to safety? <laughs>
1: Ogata rests her sh- her head on Seki Joe's shoulder, so Seki Joe's nose starts bleeding. She's like, Oh no, this is hardly the time or the place. But she sees Ogata as crying, so we just kinda leave it on that scene. Nick, how do you feel about that scene?
0: Uh well, I mean, what's a few more weeks, Chris? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, we cut over to, uh, Asumi and Kariso, Akirisu, uh, who are both outside the airport, basically saying, like, thanks, you did it, you, you got all the way here. Kir- uh, Asumi's starting to think, like, how am I gonna explain this to my dad? But it doesn't really matter, she's like, hey, you know what, I just happen to be free, that's all. Karisu said, yeah, you did great, and for me, uh, Asumi's like, ah, you know, it's the first time it actually feels like you seriously praised me. And then we cut back inside, where the, the uh, Uega... And uh, Ruka are hugging, and we could hear their heartbeats. And Uwega pulls away. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, it's time for your flight. She's like, oh, yeah, I I better get going. My mom's waiting. And they, like, can't pull each other. Like, they're both too shy to pull each other apart. And she's like, ah, how can I do this? I'm way too happy. He's like, me too. Uh, By the way, when you said that kiss was just a foreign-style greeting... That was total baloney, right? He finally figured it out. <laughs> he got it, finally. And she's like, what? No, it's just a, a figure of speech, so to speak. He's like, so to speak. And she's like, don't be mean. And then they kiss. And a big, full-page spread. Chris. It finally it's happened. so sweet. <laughs> finally happened. And narration's there. From now on, I'll just have to keep learning, step by step when we take the longest route possible and make a total mess of things, because when it comes to love, we never learn." And uh, then we end on the little joke that uh, ruka is like, Teehee! Again! Again! And Uruka's uh, like, no, not now. People are watching.
0: Dude. No one cares. It happens all the time in airports and train stations.
1: I mean, he should be concerned that she does need to get on her flight, though. <laughs>
0: like... She does, yeah. Honestly, that's probably what he should be saying instead. Yeah. Like, people are watching. He's like, oh, you, he's a like, nervous,
1: he's a nervous little nerd. Let him oh. have his anxieties.
0: This was so sweet uh-huh. and far and away the best chapter we got this week because we had a lot of like kind of middling stuff and a lot of depressing chapters, and this was so nice. And it was the culmination to near about three years now story. Um, because yeah, Ruka wasn't there in chapter one, but she was there in like chapter two.
1: Yeah, or three. It was. I think it was three. Uh, she showed up in. And remember, we hated her. We hated
0: Aruka we Did when she, she up. was so annoying, but she did turn a corner really quickly. Yeah, like after she got after about the third or so chapter focusing on her, she was a lot more uh, endearing, and uh, she has definitely been the one whose stories revolving around Yuiga have seemed the best, uh, and it's nice to see that. Not just you and Iruka are happy with this, but everyone's happy with it. But, you know, appropriately enough, the girls who explicitly were starting to develop feelings for him are, you know, sad about it. They're not entirely 100% happy. Um, and uh, but this was really nice. I love a lot of the visuals that we get in this chapter. There are big full page, two page spreads and the moments that really deserve it. You his confession. Ruka accepting it. And of course, the two of them, oh, they kissed. Hooray, you know, and they're together now. And uh, I guess all that's really left now is just kind of the wrap up. So.
1: so it is worth noting. We Never Learn has not announced an end date not. yet. So no. it is not ending immediately within the next two weeks that we know of. I mean, things could change. We could find out mm-hmm. next week. They're like, hey, last chapter, guys, or something like that. But we may have some chapters to wrap things up.
0: Yeah, maybe follow these characters who and get a chance to see them living their dreams. That'd be nice. Yeah, but, uh, yeah.
1: I I really I, I do want to I really enjoyed this chapter, and I really like how we we wrapped up the idea of like, well, I don't want to get in her way with that big kind of like, well, I don't want to get in your way. You know, I don't want to I don't want to risk ruining everything. But please let me kind of ruin everything, and you know, following your heart on that. Like it it is a very sweet kind of way to get to that point. Uh, and I I do love how everything comes together. It's just impeccably written. And uh, Nick, say it with me now. Better than Nisekoi. I
0: I agree with you. Marika. I think that it is. Um, and especially in the last roughly a year that we've gotten, uh, we never learn. I think that it was more consistent than the end of Nisekoi was, I... uh, where we, we had that whole thing with like Marika and. Just in terms of, like, who were, like, the major girls that were involved in Isekoi? It was Chidogay, Who was the final girl? Uh, the... Onodera. The,
1: yeah, Onodera. And then... Sugumi, And then it was... Marika. Oh, yeah, Marika. And then the... And teacher, Yui. The teacher.
0: Yui. Yeah. And when you consider, even if you do a one-to-one of, like, the fifth girl, the most, like, least, the least chance to end up with the guy, like... Yui was so much worse as in terms of her character, in terms of her interaction with uh, Raku, than Kirisu was with Yuiga. And I know that part of that is because Kirisu is a much more comedic character. Um,
1: but, God! like, <laughs> Well, it's also worth noting, Kirisu wouldn't even be like the direct one-for-one for Yui. It would be more Asumi, because Asumi was the one who took that fifth girl kind of spot. She was the one yeah. introduced way later yeah. into the story. So... Like, but assume is one of the best characters in the yeah. series. Like
0: the least interesting character in among the five girls ended up probably being Ogata. Mm-hmm. And even she had plenty of stuff going for her. Oh yeah. Where it's like, you know, Onodera was just the best friend and she had the sweets shop thing. Uh, so, you know, in terms of like better characters and more characters, consistent storytelling i definitely like ended up liking this better than you
1: and
0: uh but hey i really do did like having a different kind of series to split up all the action stuff and i look forward to whatever next romantic comedy ends up actually being good that we keep following.
1: I, I hope we keep on the trend of having good like harem series to talk about because my worry is the mm-hmm. next one we get it's just going to be the worst things. Like, I was...
0: It's just going to be to or whatever, yeah, yeah. like,
1: I was joking in my mind when I was like, let's say it together, like, better than Nisiko. I was like, and I hope the next chapter is Yuega getting ping-ponged back in time by different sets of boobs. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> now I'm going to have to do this all over again or whatever. He, like, hits another pet of boobs and suddenly he's back in fucking, uh, like, oh, uh, what do you call it? Fuck. Samurai times. Fuck. <laughs> what, 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 what do you call that? Edo? Edo? Edo-period? Edo-period? Yeah, like, yeah It's yeah, 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 yeah. like an Edo-period Japan. And he's just like, there's just a girl with a giant rack who's just like, oh, I could be the new girl for you, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Wato times.
0: He <laughs> just goes back in time and has to be involved in the fight between Luffy and Orochi and Kaido.
1: Or it just goes really dark and he's back in time. He's like, where am I? They're just like, oh, it's the date Kennedy gets killed. <laughs> like, oh, <God. laughs> oh. oh. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> no, you could stop it.
0: All right. So that's, that's, uh, wrapping things up. We never learned for now, mm-hmm. uh, for all we know, it's going to be like seven deadly sins and keep on having all of these <laughs> fake endings. So
1: please don't be more like seven deadly sins.
0: I don't even know what's going on with it. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but Dr. Stone chapters equals 141. First team, uh, Basically, everyone arrives back at the Kingdom of Science on the Perseus. Uh, Ginro is acting super cocky and everything because he's got a servant right now. Uh, people make note, and I didn't even realize this before, that uh, everyone who was re-petrified and then freed from it, their cracks are gone. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really – well, I guess it does. Because the stone petrification heals injuries, too. So I guess it would make sense that it repairs scar tissue. Yeah. But uh, honestly, they address this point in a really weird way that I'm still totally on board with. Because some of them honestly look naked without their facial marks to me. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, they're like, we've got the, the the Medusa. We can you know cure injuries now. And so Mirai, remember her? She's like, we can save my brother. And uh, they're like, yes, you can do that. But Riosu is like, my captain's intuition is telling me that that's not the root of the problem. Because remember, after getting stabbed by Ibarra, the always rational Senku would have used this Dr. Stone to seal himself away and then heal himself, right? But those cracks in your forehead tell us, you didn't do that. You didn't use it and you left it for Tsukasa. Why is that? I can think of a few reasons. And Senku says, the device is out of juice. And everyone's like, so it runs on batteries? And Senki's like, well, no. I mean, like, and it's not something that I can, like, take apart and analyze or anything like that, but it operates on some form of energy. And no matter what, there's nothing that operates on a limitless supply of energy. Uh, And he said, hey, you know, Kirisame, when you specify a range for the device, that's the radius. Well, when I managed to use it on Ibarra, I set it for a 5-meter blast, but it only came out to a 1-meter radius so curious is like that's literally never happened in the entire time that i've been using it uh so that means it's actually run out of energy and uh so basically what it comes down to them thinking about it is that oh yeah ibarra set it for a freaking island wide beam so that took up a lot of the energy uh when it was used that way so mirai takes the device over to tsukasa and she just is basically like praying uh, as she puts it near him saying, please let it shine a little bit more. And Taiju comes over and says and puts his hands around her hands and says, hold on to your brother's hands real tight. And they're like, yes, by pressing devices against his hands, even the smallest bit of light should take effect. And so Senku's like, yeah, I mean, that's that that that's good that you're optimistic about that. And Kohaku and Taiju are like crushing eye's hands around <laughs> the guy's like, Just stop. You, stop that. <laughs> And so Senku's like, well, even if it's optimism, we've got to try this. Uh, And everyone gathers around. They're all putting their hands in around Mirai's hands, around her brothers. And they say one meter, one second. The device glows. And Tsukasa is petrified. And they use the fluid on him. And Tsukasa is revived. And he's with his sister who's crying in happiness. It's actually really sweet.
1: Uh
0: It's very, you know... Silly that we have this moment of like, yeah, everyone hold their hands around them and It's like, hey, you know what? Everyone in this group, despite all word to the contrary, they all do actually care about each other.
1: Absolutely, they're they're all good friends. Um, there's an odd moment
0: where which made me pause, and then I was like, yeah, I guess she did. Um, where Nikki says to reporter lady, whose name I still can't remember. <laughs> And she's like, hey, you know, you're a big fan of Tsukasas. Why don't you, you know, come on and go, go be emotionally. And she's like, well, you know, it's family comes first. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to respect that. And Ruri kind of like just kind of covertly gets by d- nudges her. <laughs> and they make another observation about like, oh, right. Ruri's Kohaku sister. So she's kind of a bulldozer now that she's healthy again.
1: I the next two pages, I should have tweeted it out are maybe like the best example of how amazing Inagaki is because it's this, uh, you know, obviously Boichi is the artist and it's this incredible full page shot of Senku passing past uh, Tsukasa and then the line, what's our situation? The exact (laughs) line that they use at the very start. And just the great line from Seku: "We're invading the moon." <laughs> the best. Well, because everyone's
0: like, "Oh man, that's Sukasa, all right? You know, he's just you know all business. That's his first question after awakening. He's always been that way. He never loses a clue. Cool. And Seku's like, "We're invading the moon." <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, he just starts, like, up. I forgot. Just a little bit. <laughs> I forgot how fucking funny Sukasa was as the straight man to the, to the group when he was around. It's so fucking funny.
0: He recovers quickly enough because he's like, all right, well, if we're going to the moon, then that means you need to have a small crew going, which means you need a single powerful warrior. That's the reason you revived me. And Senku's like, yeah, that's it. I'm too sick of seeing your dumb mug to want to bring you back otherwise. Oh my god, just make out already. (laughs) Oh, this ship teasing between
1: Senku and Kohaku. No, no, no. (laughs) Clearly. <laughs> Sukasa and Senku. Senkasu. Yeah, that's it.
0: Senkusasa. Sen- yeah, I guess. Senkasa? Sen-ka-sa? Sukasa. Everybody in the chat come up with a good <laughs> ship name for Sukasa and Senku. <laughs> Their names don't flow as well together as you would think. So... Uh Ginro's like, "Oh, you wanted to bring Sukasa back because you would, oh, you aren't you just don't like being emotional, but if you just need a strong warrior, you've got my mighty lag me. I mean bodyguard, Matsukaze." And Matsukaze is like, I can tell at a glance that he is a dignified warrior who has honed himself to unparalleled perfection. And he introduces himself and he says, "I request a sparring match once you have collected yourself." Sukasa is like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it right now." <laughs>
1: So I'm just confused. Is there? <laughs> well, I, I, I had to stop and ask myself. So, it's like, so because I guess I just have been avoiding the answer or the question in my mind. He's somebody from the Stone World who adopted he was... the samurai stuff and then got frozen again.
0: I that is a question, I guess, because Cause... he is definitely meant to be. Very samurai esque.
1: Because they specifically but say if he were period. to learn our modern martial arts, so he can't be right. someone from the current day who had that attitude.
0: Right. So he was at some point in the history of the kingdom of petrification, Um presumably. God,
1: it's it's really like, really but he's so like they like samurai didn't exist in the stone world. I know. Chris. So I'm like, where right. did like where did he get all these gimmicks from? <laughs> Well, I mean, they did, the Hundred Tales did
0: include, you know, pop culture references all throughout them.
1: I guess. And I guess they were shared over there. I just had to stop. I was like, is he from, because there was a moment I was like, did they freeze one person from Edo period Japan and just leave him (laughs) stuck and then he got unfrozen here or something? Well, and also Ginro
0: bears a striking resemblance to his former master, But Soyuz was the only one who came directly from the kingdom of petrification over to the kingdom of science or uh, rather uh, Ishigami village. Um, I am. There are a few parts of Dr. Stone where I would like to actually have a a direct like here is a timeline of where everything in history happened, where these people went over here. These people went over here because there was migration between them and everything started off because they were the two members of the crew of, uh, that went up with Biakia, who went out to try and see if they could find something and presumably that's where, so it's weird. And I will admit freely that I don't know exactly how stuff played out. And so your question is a valid one of exactly how did this happen? So, yeah, but hey. he's not just an otaku either. Like you would, it would be easier to buy if you were from the modern world and he acted this way because he's a dork. So, Yeah. Um Yo uh, is like, oh, Sukasa's at full strength. This could be bad. Like if he starts and he's like, hey, if you start thinking about killing Senku, then Sheriff Yo is gonna shoot you. And nobody really buys him because he's clearly really really nervous. Yo looks so weird without his stone eye patch. Mm. So weird. Maybe he gets a real one soon. So Sukasa's like, Matsukasa here is strong. If you, you know you saying you want me to, to me to join the King of Science as a warrior, I mean, that's that would be shameless. Like I can't do that. I've I smashed too many statues, I tried to create a world honoring my ideals, and I can't you know erase that past. And Senku's just like, eh. <laughs> and Taya points out, hey, youria, put all those people back together too. so there's that as well. And Senku says, you can ruminate on all the annoying stuff until we go bald. Do it later. The fate of humanity is at stake now. All business. Uh, and, uh, there's a weird moment, but it's a sweet moment as well, where sweet is like, Hey, so if the device is not going to work anymore, you're not going to pet- get petrified again. So does that mean you're always going to have the cracks on your face? And I was like, Oh, I was like, I don't care, you guys. And they're like, well, Hey, you know, um, well, again, is rather like, you know what? Only Senku having the markings though. That's not fair. I want some more paint too. And he takes out some ink or, or juice, something like that. And he puts his, you know, his Cheshire Grin kind of mark back on. And is like, why are you doing that? And Gens like, it's simple. The day we remove this paint will be the day we triumph over the petrification threat. And everyone who had markings on before draws them back, back on. We get this big group shot of, like, you know, Ryusu with it on his fingers and Taiji with it on his face. Yuzuriha with her weird spiral mark on her arm. And uh, he offers it over to Tsukasa uh, and he's like, hey, won't you join us? Or are you just going to whine about having blemishes on your skin? And Tsukasa says, thank you again and everyone else. And he puts his kind of lion claw marks back on his face and we get Sukasa Shishio has joined the party. So everyone's back together and now they're going to plan their invasion of the moon.
1: It's a very good chapter. It's so cool to have Sukasa back. I like the way we got everything together. Um, I like the little moment of everyone redrawing their marks. It's a very silly, goofy gesture, but it is very cool for the moment of everyone. Like, hey, if Senku's going to keep them, we're going to keep ours too, while also keeping like the design aesthetics that kind of made characters more interesting. Like, it'd yes. be weird having Gen without like the smile crack kind of thing. Yes, like that.
0: It's um. It's, you know, kind of that moment of like, you know, the straw hats with the mark on their arm kind of thing. Not nearly as powerful, but it's a nice gesture. And it's nice to have that, you know, visual like Sukasa is going to be part of this group now because he's putting he's joining in with this ceremony with yeah. everyone. So, all right. This chapter will not take me long to talk about. Chainsaw Man chapter 60, Chuan-Chi and the Fiends 49 person massacre. Uh so the fight is on between uh Denji's bodyguards uh and all of the peop- all the puppets and stuff that Santa Claus has sent after them. The Angel Devil uh calls out their sword and cuts a number of them down. Uh using the lifespan weapon and uh you know Aki's like why didn't you use the lifespan weapon before? And Angel Devil is just like, I've got my reasons. Anyway, uh, we get some a little bit of talking between them. It's like, okay, we've got to you know eradicate dolls outside the, the, the department store. Get ready to use your firearms. Get ready to use your devils. Uh, there's a number of people working for the agency that are gathered outside, and Chuanji runs into them and says something. If anyone has bothered to translate this, good for you. I did not. <laughs> she draws a sword. Starts running through people. She runs along the wall. She runs through a bunch of the dolls really, really fast. Runs up the stairs and stops at the top of the stairs. Looks at her sword. It is chipped and broken all over. So she throws it down and draws a few more swords and keeps on going. And one of the bodyguards is like, all right, the one who vanished is still close. One of the devils that was with chuan the one with the weird thing coming out of her hair, starts speaking. And uh, the agents are like, speak Japanese. And Wim's like, it's the devil that can make you disappear. So Sato, use your devil. And is like, yes, sir! And he's like, Sato? Something's wrong with your face. Sato? And their faces start falling apart horizontally. And all the agents' faces fall apart horizontally. And all the puppets that Juan Chi passed on the way up the steps and on the street, their heads fall off. And all of them fall over. And their bodies fall off. Oh, they're in mid-run. And... They're all dead.
1: <laughs> it is supremely cool. It's just like five straight pages of watching people's heads just get cut off.
0: Well, that we saw them get cut off while she was running through them. It's them realize they've been ki- they've been killed now because <laughs> yeah. she was so quick and so precise. It's that typical, you know, big samurai showdown moment. Oh, I just realized I've been cut kind of thing to the nth degree this is absolutely ridiculous but it's really cool and uh the chuanji has come up to uh the angel devil and aki and this agent nakamura and it's like defend you're going to die uh, <laughs> but um nakamura i guess uh, his head falls off while aki uh charges in in front of the angel devil deflects tranchi's sword strike and uh manages to prevent them from dying but they have been knocked unconscious and uh now Tronchi is standing before the remaining bodyguards and denji and power and that's where we end the chapter so cool action sequence great introduction to just how absurdly powerful this woman is and we haven't even seen what her devils can do yet so
1: yeah uh it's a very cool chapter. I think Quan Chi gave a really strong performance here. It's kind of interesting, like, the last couple weeks have been about, like, kind of all the other ones. I kind of mentioned last week that it was like, everyone's involved, except Quan Chi, who's like, I'll be there. And then uh, this chapter... Well, she's there like, now. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fast. Actually, I- I'm allowed to kind of wait a couple minutes because I can get there very, very quickly.
0: People are mentioning dismemberment count. Let me look here real quick. It's almost all heads. I- it's heads and bodies, so it might not actually qualify, guys. Um, oh wait, there's a guy in the in the big two page spread who lost an arm. All
1: right, <laughs> <laughs> there you we go. can count that. <laughs> On to the list. All right, Neverland. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about the pro- uh, Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins. My yeah, bad. Seven Deadly Sins, chapter three forty three. The ever an everlasting kingdom. This one's actually going to be a very quick chapter. Um, so last time, Arthur was like. Wait a minute, I figured out the way to beat chaos. And um he did it. He beat chaos. I'm not a hundred percent certain chaos. Does this whole spiel like you could ever defeat me, I'll just come back, I'll absorb you, everything will come to dust, everything will be destroyed. That's the nature of chaos. And I guess because Arthur then made him realize, like, because he says I'm the king of chaos. So I guess he's like, oh, I guess you control chaos i'm not a hundred percent positive what the actual like crux of defeating uh cat P- Keith pluge was i that's what i can figure from this chapter but part yes.
0: of the chaos is inside you and i control all chaos <laughs>
1: yeah so i i guess you won um and his sword is all good now it's it just has uh feathers and angel feathers flying into it. doesn't have any of the bats flying into it anymore, so it's all good, only good is in the sword now um the art's extremely good. I'll say that for this chapter uh and then, after being victorious, uh is like, "Hey, you know what? a man just can't take a pack of promise once he said it out loud. you know we're always going to be standing with you, even if you re- take the wrong road. The seven deadly sins will be with you." And that's how the chapter ends. So you get like a faraway shot of mm-hmm. all the characters standing there. As we see, like the boar hat in the foreground, the moon in the the background. It's a very beautiful shot. There's some really cool art here. This was an extremely disappointing conclusion yeah. to this fight because it happened so quickly and nothing really happens in it.
0: And uh, also, in the looking at it in you know uh, a macro perspective as opposed to you know just what happens in the chapter itself. Um. All right. So that's it with all the chaos and the Merlin's true motives thing. That's like, we're all done. Is that it?
1: Uh, Guess so. Which to that point, why didn't we just end back where we were and make like an extra story afterwards or something like that?
0: Or do this before all the stuff with the demon emperor thing or something like that. Let's make it out. Like this was the last there we had to resolve and then, okay, time for us to go into the sunset and then bam. And then you can, because it's getting increasingly difficult to get a grasp of what the hell is going on with this series. Because it feels as though we are past the ending at this point. We, The Demon Emperor stuff, as odd as that was, it was an intense battle that involved the entire team. A member of the team sacrificed themselves in order to bring down the bad guys. Uh, it resolved things between... Uh, Meliodas and and Zeldris in terms of their relationship. Um, This obviously there was the dangling plot thread of what had actually happened with Arthur and what was going on with Merlin. But I'm reminded of with Bleach how I took the stance of, um, okay, the series should have just ended after Isaac was defeated and people were like, well, no, because and I don't mean people, I mean, you know, Bleach fans who disagreed with me were like, well, there was all this stuff with, you know, we wouldn't have found out what happened with uh, with Zeraki and his past and Yachiru. And we wouldn't have found out about the stuff that happened with, you know, like Shunsui and in the now and all that. There was all this stuff that we wouldn't have gotten. But this is this kind of thing is like the natural conclusion of taking that approach of no, the series is not finished until we answer every last question. There are some questions that when you get the answer, it's just like, is that it? Who cares? Yeah. And I worry that we're going to just keep on doing that. We're going to just keep on having these things, you know, that aren't necessary for the main plot get addressed when sure, it would be a little disappointing for them to never be brought up, but they aren't necessary to the main story that has already been told now, if it turns out that this was a, a kind of in-between thing for launching an actual arc after all this, then okay, fine. But it's looking so, like that's not going to happen.
1: I would say, if that's the case, something in the arc needs to happen that's not the central thing about what's happening. Like, none of the Seven Deadly Sins grew or really had any involvement with this story. No. Outside of Gowther, I guess, sticking up for Merlin. Like, this was kind of I, about I, Merlin, and there was that small moment there. But, like... Bond, Diane and King were just bodies in this entire arc. They They were were relevant around.
0: They did not do anything in the fight that was, you know, important or anything like that. And that's the other thing is that it seems as though everyone is at the point where they have reached the conclusion of their character arcs. So, I mean, you can tell more stories with characters who have been through that. Sure. Um, But the series is at a point where it seems like, you know, it's ready to fit into the package and, deliver and it's like no i've got to put more stuff in it mm. and then if you do that you're like okay well now it doesn't all fit in the box and i've got to get a new box when it would have fit perfectly if you were just stopped there all right the promise neverland <laughs> this is so weird um so last time peter Roger was like i'm your poppy <laughs> and oliver held him a gunpoint it was like no, you're not, and so we get a big thing leading up to that moment again, which you know turns obviously you know point points out it is important to point out. Yeah, Peter, you're full of bullshit. This entire system, of like you wouldn't exist with because if it weren't for me, is like yeah, we also wouldn't have lived an existence of suffering if not for you. All these people wouldn't have died if you weren't for you. All these people being raised just to be devoured. There are so many people who have died and shed tears because of you. So fuck you. And anyway our dad. You're not our dad. And it is nice to bring up the point of, Hey, Lucas was our dad. And all the people there who were holding him at gunpoint were people that Lucas looked out for in gold in Goldie pond, except for Aishi. she's just also there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is a nice point to, to make uh, honestly of like, Hey, you know, how dare you call yourselves our father when our real father actually, you know, cared and look, looked out for us. So he demands Peter Rochery get down on his knees Hey, Vincent's not actually dead.
1: Okay. Thank God.
0: <laughs> uh, and we get an actual like kind of in between thing of like, oh, this is how this happened, which is that uh, Hayato was sent to go and get backup by Vincent. And uh, so he did. And there is a cool little moment in, in this where it looked like Oliver was going to die, I guess. And he ran in and kicked him in the fucking back. And uh, yeah, so everyone's good everyone's safe. Now they've got control back. Uh, Emma and Norman and Ray are okay. They've taken some of the other human guards down and uh, yeah, turns out everything's fine. All that stuff that Peter actually said about like, no, we've turned the tables. You made a foolish mistake. No, no, he was wrong. They've got, they've got everything. Okay. And so Norman says to Peter a now that they've got him at gunpoint. You lose. And Rattri starts laughing and says, how stupid. What will you gain from killing me? Even if I lose, you have no escape route and no chance of winning. And they're like, we disabled the system again.
1: Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> Drat.
0: <laughs> and so Emma starts to launch into a bit of a speech herself. And she's like,
1: what? No
0: one can come and save me. All that's left is me. Let's see. I think you kids are forgetting something and a mom shows up and she's also got a gun. Everyone has guns in the promised Neverland because this series is extreme and has been about violence from the beginning.
1: Everybody had guns.
0: Oh, all of them are suddenly surrounded by about two dozen moms. Each of them armed with a machine gun. And so despite the fact they've got Rotary gunpoint, Oh, no, they're at a disadvantage. And they're like, were they able to unlock the doors? Oh, well, we did a thing. And then Rachi said he had undone the thing, but we said we had redone the thing. And I guess they undid the thing. It's it's just been a point that's kind of flip-flopped back and forth. It's like, unlocking the doors is just like, we flipped a switch, I guess.
1: Yeah, so, it's not like they're like, you recoded the missile to go to our house instead? Like, I mean... We you, opened we, the door. Yeah, they're not that hard, like...
0: So, oh, no, we all thought we'd won, but we
1: forgot about the
0: moms and guess who shows up there, of course. But Isabella, and she's also got a gun. (laughs) Couldn't you just have her not have a gun? How much more intimidating would she be if she didn't have a gun in this moment? It would be so much more effective. Just less is more sometimes. So she points her scope at Emma while standing five feet away from her. (laughs) <laughs> it seems unnecessary to aim down the scope. And so she says, was it fun outside, Emma? You've destroyed everything. You fought and fought and fought and fought. But no matter, how much, no matter how much you resisted, it still ends up this way. Despair is unavoidable. You and everyone else returned. You didn't learn your lesson, and this is the result. All of you did splendidly. Perfect scores for everyone. And all the moms point their guns at Peter Rotry. And he's like, Huh? You betrayed
1: me, Isabella!
0: (laughs) You fucking told her that she wanted to escape this existence. And now, when you're held at gunpoint, and everyone else has been defeated, why should she save you? Come on, dude.
1: (laughs) So, I I think I mentioned it before we started recording. But I'd actually not read like half the chapters this week. I think I started and realized there was the one piece that I got disinterested. And I just closed the app for a minute. And I thought I had read them all. So I hadn't read a couple chapters this week. And I caught up on them. uh, Except Promised Neverland. Which I realized as we started. I was like, I didn't (laughs) didn't read this. So I was reading it basically as you were going through. And got the big twist at the end. And I'm processing all of this in the span of like 10 minutes, 5 minutes. And I'm just sad. Like, I'm just really <laughs> sad. Like, I'm just like, God, this is such a limp dick kind of twist that I'm just. <sighs> when was it uh, was it
0: tw- the end of 2018 or 2017? Because I forget exactly it when like, it was.
1: It was like two years ago, I think. Maybe we three. were
0: basically talking about The Promised Neverland as like, this was maybe the best series of the year. And I think that I didn't do it. Because I was like, "Eh, it didn't take up enough of the year, I think, when it first debuted. To see where it is now, it's just so uninspired and hacky at this point. And this should be the big triumphant conclusion. It's just stupid.
1: Like, this feels like this should be the biggest moment. Mm Mom siding with the kids. Uh, The idea that all of their valiant hope against hopelessness has finally earned itself. Because in this moment... Their fight was the deciding factor essentially because yeah. they proved that this actually can happen. Mom's gonna side with them in this moment, and yeah. it just doesn't have any of the weight. And the kids are surrounded by characters that no one gives a fuck about, and the villain they have at their mercy is just so lame and uninteresting what? now. You're <laughs> I can't, like, I just think back to, like, two months ago where Peter Ratchery's, like, debut chapter kind of happened. I was like, ooh, this was a really good way to introduce some Like, a cool, calm, collected chess master who's going to be, like, their big opponent at the end. And then, like, in two chapters, he's just like, I'm your daddy! I own all of you! I'm the <laughs> biggest, baddest boss! Like, ugh. Oh.
0: So, yeah. Um... Very disappointed to see how this series has turned out. Um, I, I think that this could have been good, even ignoring some of the disappointing stuff we had gotten before, because there were definitely parts of the whole uh, invasion of the Royal f- uh, thing that you know, we did definitely like, especially in the moment. Uh, but like all you really needed to do for this to be more effective was to throw in some actual doubt that the kids were going to win because at no point did it seem like they were, ever anything but momentarily at a disadvantage. And then, of course, it would be immediately be undone the next chapter after that, those kind of moments happened. So if you had gotten something like where, yeah, you know, if this was going to be the big moment where, you know, if Isabella had decided not to side with the kids, then, you know, they would have been in trouble. But because they proved that they had a chance or even that they were going to come out on top without her, her interference, this could have definitely been a big moment and only you had to really do to do that was to make it seem like they actually had overcome great odds, which they
1: didn't seem to. So. All right. There's no one piece this week. So we're going to talk about world trigger. I know. Uh, we're going to talk about black clover as super quickly as possible, because we generally don't get to talk about world trigger when it comes out. Like we have to kind of speed through it. Cause we have like three minutes left. Yeah. Uh Black clover. Page 241, super mid-air battle, absolutely nothing happened. Basically nothing, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happened. Uh, the the big dude, big bass guy, big king dude, uses his, his gravity magic, tries to fight Asta. R- uh, Rouge counters it by using their magic. So he is aware of that. He says, hey, you should be part of the dark triad or i guess more specifically you should be my woman he, uh, says, he says
0: like you're strong and you're hot be mine like yeah.
1: so uh, he also refers to himself in the third person i believe unless he's referring to another dark, uh, Dante of the Dark Triad, of which we know three members. I'm and- Mardgear of the Dark Triad. <laughs> and we know all three of their names, or the other two members' names, so I don't know who you're referring to otherwise. Dante, the fourth member of the Dark Triad, <laughs> he'd really
0: like you. <laughs> uh,
1: and then Asta's like, I'm gonna beat you. So w- basically the only thing that's changed is uh, Gauch used his magic mirror to make a bunch of Astas. That is... Literally, the last chapter ended with Asta flying towards Dante, and this chapter ends with Asta flying towards Dante. It's the same chapter.
0: There's just a bunch of him now, and uh, Dante looks a little bit more shocked this time. So, yeah.
1: All right, world trigger. We've
0: got a double chapter. After the last couple of months, we've only gotten one, so this is nice. Uh, especially because I would have been really upset if we had gotten one chapter one month and then the next chapter the next month, because we be like, come on. At least we got all of the build up to the seeming finish of this battle happening in one go. Because yes. uh, it's really this is basically all about removing all the other pieces from the board and having the original three members of Tamakoma 2 going up against the Inamiya squad. That is basically what happens over the course of these two chapters and so we begin with chapter 192 Masataka Ninomiya part 3 we get a recap of the uh, combination that Yuma used against Obishima and I do really like that they have an explanation of like this is what Obishima could have done to counter this maybe she didn't know the trick uh, to countering grasshoppers uh, but she could have shot her way out of that she could have shot the grasshoppers and she would have been able to uh, counter it that way um, and uh so, you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, Kuro's, uh, ex, you know, Kurochi's, uh, contribution to this. And they also begin to talk about the curved scorpion and they're like, Hey, we should save that for a bit, a bit later. Cause we've got other stuff to talk about. So we're not getting that yet. Uh, so Yuba is trying to fight his way over to, uh, Inukai and Suji so that he can take them out. Uh, they're coordinating with Ninomiya, Mia and, uh, so, <laughs> sorry, uh, Yuba is like, Inukai, you idiot. You, are you really forgetting about letting Tamakuma just do whatever they want? Because all of them are focusing on him at this moment. So Chika summons her meteor and she's finally able to get it off. But uh, Ninomiya sends a whole bunch of bullets to counter the blast. So there's stuff exploding around Yuba and the others. But they're not taking direct hits as basically the terrain gets bombarded around them. Uh, they and of course Chica can basically act freely at this point because there's no snipers left on the field. So this battle is f- unfolding and changing rapidly at this point. Ninomiya is being a total too cool dick because whenever he's melting his bullets, he's using his hands. When he's not, he just has his hands in his pockets like orange fucking Cassidy. So yeah, deal with the bombs. <laughs> hey, he tried this week, Dick. He tried. That was a great match, by yeah, the way. It was really good. Anyway.
1: You know what? Really wasn't good though. Cody's neck tattoo. This is such.
0: Oh, my favorite wrestler has the stupidest tattoo I've seen in a while. Anyway, uh, Ninomiya instructs Inukai and Suji to divert their attention to deflecting the bombs, while he focuses on Yuba. And what he ends up doing, as uh, Tamakama continues to keep on trying to bombard stuff, which is changing the terrain as they're deflecting bullets and stuff like that, is, uh, Yumiya know, sends a whole bunch of bullets up into the air. And so everyone's like, is he trying to, like, curve stuff over the walls around them? And it's like, no, no, no. What he's doing is he's using that as lag so that he can bombard uh, Yuba from two directions, from the top and from the front. And, uh, there, more stuff is happening. Chika tries to launch her bullets. Inukai and Suji are trying to blast them down. Osamu tries to snipe at them from the ground, but uh, it's blocked uh, by Suji's shield. Uh, and then Yuba tries to get Ninomiya in his kill range. Uh, a whole bunch of bullets come out, including some bullets that he had like freaking stored and hidden away in the in the rubble. Uh, but Yuba manages to block those too. And he's like, "All right." He's in range. He's managed to get through the storm of bullets. Uh, Ninomiya's, you know, got a weaker, broader shield at this point. Yuba can take him out and then a bunch of bullets come from the sky and take down uh, Yuba and uh, Ninomiya finishes him off with a shot from the front. The next chapter opens up with uh, Yuba being forced to bail out. We get Masataka Ninomiya part four. We get an explanation that when he arced the bullets previously, he actually shot two groups of bullets at different heights. So Yuba was charging in. He thought he had deflected the ones from the sky, but he had another one coming down from the sky afterwards. And so that's why he was able to get caught. Uh, so basically, Ninomiya freaking destroyed who, the one person who seemed like he could take him on one-on-one uh-huh. uh, at this point. And yeah, it's down to Ninomiya squad and Tamakoma squad minus, of course, uh, Hughes. So, so like, all right, Everyone's retreating and regrouping at this point. Tamakoma runs off using wearing bagworms. Uh, while Ninomiya's squad is just all come together at this point. They're all in one group. Basically going, come and get us. Uh, is like, fuck all these buildings. <laughs> and starts wrecking all the hiding spaces that Tamakama's squad could be in. Destroying uh, buildings while Yuma's trying to run away. Uh, to which Konami analyzes that he's wary of Yuma using wire moves against him. So they're like... Hey, you know, uh, Chica could use sniping and bombs to take them off, to take them out. But it's like, well, yeah, but Ninamiya has a lot more wiggle room because he doesn't have to worry about more combatants at this point. They're not going to be able to get a sneak attack in on them. And if Chica can't use uh, attacks that she knows will work, all she's going to do is give away her position whenever she fires at them. So Ninamiya wants Amatory to attack and give herself away. So they're like, all right, well. As the, what are they going to do at this point? What other moves does Tamakoma have at this rate? And uh, uh, we get, hey, some more stuff from Kitora.
1: Kitora's Yay! here. Uh,
0: so, um, oh gosh, I forget his name. The Her squad leader. Arashiyama? I think that's it. Arashiyama, yeah. So he says, I mean, to this point, the strategies they've used have focused on firepower with Chika and Hughes and Kamu's with Yuma and Hughes. But Hughes isn't there, so he says, "Well, maybe Osamu is going to assume Hughes's role." And Kitora says, "That could be a challenge. The wire setup is a poor match against Nino Mi and his Meteors. Not to mention the obvious massive gap in skill and experience."
1: I completely forgot that was the voice we used, and That's I was like, is "Nick, it's having been a years!" Sh-? I was like, is Nick it's having been years since I've gotten to do that.
0: <laughs> what is he talking like that?" It's been fucking years since I've used my Russian Kitora voice. <laughs> So, but Arashiyama Oh, that's,
1: that's not Arashiyama. That's, um... It's. That's, uh... Oh, fuck. What's I his hear. name? No, it's uh, Scruffy Hottie. Uh, fuck. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's not him. Arashiyama oh. has, like, more bouncy right. hair, he's and he's have a have higher inchinata. attitude. Yeah, yeah. you're fuck. right. I can't remember what his name is it's right It's a now. crow... Something with a fucking K. There's a thousand characters in the fucking fuck. series.
0: So he says... I mean, it's true uh, what you say, but I think that Osamu himself knows that better than anyone. So maybe he's got a bit of insight on what Tamakama's part that's it. Ah, of course. That was it. So uh, they do this long analysis about Nina Mia's bullets. It's the one part of this, of this sequence that
1: I was just like, don't care. So <laughs> just, just Jay Cutler at the ur- urinal just don't care.
0: He can use bullets that bend lots of different ways. He's very good. Okay,
1: done. Uh, That's
0: like yeah. four whole pages of how his bullets work, and I don't
1: care. It is It is an interesting detail that they explain the way how homing bullets work and how you can set how strong they are. Otherwise, you would just be able to counter them easily if they were just like, they just took the fucking straightest path possible. Right. and but, he can
0: bend around buildings and stuff. It's such a long explanation, yeah. though. Um, and they also have to break down like, hey, so we don't actually know if Chika can aim at people still. And hey, the audience doesn't actually know if she's going to be able to do that uh, in the actual heat of the battle. So hmm. uh, I forget this this light hair guy's name who's talking with uh, with Karasuma and Kitora and uh, Karasuma is like, why do you conclude that? And she he says, well, when she shot at Tanoka, um, if
1: you she... isn't it? I guess. I don't even remember who that is. I could just make up names. I'm like, that's You're uh sure. that's uh, a Quib- uh, Quib- Quibbo. that's Quippo, isn't it? Quibo from Quibo Squad. He's the that's number uh, he's the sixth ranked sniper. Nick, don't the- you remember him? <laughs> Nick, that's de Ferguson. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's the per- from the to Brigashaw Squad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you just, like, started naming obscure 2007 New York Giants members.
1: <laughs> uh, Nick, that's uh, that's uh, fucking uh, Kareem McKenzie, don't you reckon? That's Matthias Kiwanuka from Kiwanuka Squad. I actually don't remember those guys, so yeah. Kareem McKenzie was our right tackle, and Matthias Kiwanuka was a defensive end. He kind of fell below the radar because it was... Michael Strahan was the big yeah. one, OCU Manure, and then Justin Tuck he was, was the young one coming up. Yeah, yeah. But he was he was part of the NASCAR package that Perry Fuel had that did fucking nothing. <laughs> that shattered my goddamn dreams. Anyway,
0: so he analyzed, Berkashaw analyzes that if, <laughs> if, uh, if Chica had kept her shots focused when she was shooting at Tanoka, way at the beginning of the match, she could have broken through his shield and taking him down, but instead she, like, launched this barrage at everyone. So Karasuma's like, well, maybe the building blocked her line of sight. And he's like, are you playing dumb? Karasuma's like, well, anyway, I feel relieved. After her first big blast failed, I was sure that her performance was going to suffer, but as of now, she's still ready and willing to fight. And that is definitely a big note, which is that yeah, she was really worried when she had to, you know, summon the shield to as an emergency, but she's been following orders and just following the strategy and just, you know, actually been able to execute still. So can she take someone out on purpose
1: though? Ooh, ooh, ooh. So,
0: so Nina squad are talking amongst themselves and they're like, Hey, maybe they're going to try and run out the clock because of course, Tamakuma squad only needs two points and they get points for surviving. Uh, but Nina says, no, they will come. We only need to wait. So, Chica has gotten onto a building with the sniper rifle out, she is in position. She is uh, using uh, seemingly the uh, weight strategy because she's got the uh, fast the fast bullet thing this time. And uh, Yuma's in position as well somewhere. Osama's like, all right, here we go. The final showdown. And we've got to, I guess, wait a month to uh, hopefully get the conclusion of this Frank war.
1: So, Yeah, I mean, so World Trigger is great um but it this is not the best one to a chapter the first one was nah. actually really good um uh, and i'm actually a little annoyed i know that there's not really a better way but i wish there was a way that jump could recognize like i guess if i had read it through the app it would have worked but because of it i clicked immediately and went right to chapter 193 nah. which starts with yuba being killed and i was are being ki- knocked out and i was like ah. <laughs> i was like jeez guys uh, but the second chapter is a lot of setup, and when you're like, "Fuck, I have to wait up," like I, I imagine from here it gets great. Like, and this is a really good like situation. Like, I'm I'm super excited, but man, I'm just like, this is a setup. I kind of want a pair of chapters. Yeah, I yeah. really want to get to the next one.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm not going to knock it for being kind of boring this time because I'm sure it's going to make the execution of the next ones better, but. It was that this was not the best showing for for the series, just in terms of like taking it in isolation and the fact we've got to wait a month in between chapters now because it's very important that I not get sick anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so. Anyway, let's talk about our
1: favorites this week, Chris. All right. Uh
0: well, MVP favorite it's,
1: series it's, we never learn right we never learn we, we never learn is everyone's chapter of the week it actually is this week too I like the joke was the other week that act age one chapter of the week when I was like one piece should of been Bennett but what we never learn actually did win everyone's chapter of the week this week um, yeah. and my character week I'm going to give to Quan Z from chainsaw man i thought it was it, it's just such a cool sequence and seeing like the five straight pages of people just sliding apart is such a cool vision. like if once chainsaw man gets an anime that's gonna be such a fucking baller scene of like a minute and a half straight of just bodies sliding off
0: and hopefully uh the uh the Art style won't look quite as bad as it does a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. By the way, you still cannot access the last chapter in the app, <laughs> it's just not there.
0: My favorite, my favorite character this week was Mirko. Okay. Uh, you know, she got to have you know her badass moments and stuff like that. She got to crush her head between her thighs, ha <laughs> ha. But uh, also, you know, getting more insight into her character and the way that you know why she's just all gung ho seemingly every time we see her, and uh, honestly. I mean, I keep on thinking to myself, like, is she just going to get disintegrated when Shigaraki comes out of that bat? Honestly, if she does, I kind of would be fine with it because, you know, it's she seems like just a very straightforward character that isn't likable. But also, you know, yeah. you don't need to
1: help. You don't need to plumb her depths to find out what makes her tick. So, uh, And you agreed with uh, the almost- unanimous decision of the audience. It was Mirko for almost everybody. There was, like, two votes for chioko and, like, one vote for Kwanzee. So, almost everyone else voted for Mirko uh, because uh, thick thighs save lives, I guess. Hashtag. Take it to the bank. Make a t-shirt out of it. There probably already is one.
0: All right. Well, guys, that's gonna do it for Weekly Manga Recap. Thank you for joining us for the live recording, which we do... Wednesdays around 7.30 to 8 Eastern Time. Uh, we do it here live on twitch.tv slash And you can check out our past episodes at Uh You can also follow us on Twitter at Timmar Podcast for the official podcast account, at RoloT and at Nick F. Time for your podcast hosts be sure to check out the discord server so you can follow the discussions of, of stuff. We also have a number of discussions and other various nerdy things. And you can also use that to find the spreadsheet that Ninja X3i maintains for us. Where they keep track of uh, who is winning the character popularity polls and, and the favorite chapters. And also of course our recommendations, which people send in to us. Uh, that is actually the best way to make a recommendation for a manga for us to cover on the series because it it's them all in a nice convenient list for us all to look through. Uh, and uh, you can also just use the Discord server to, you know, just, you know, come hang out and say something, whether it be nice or mean. Please be nice. Special thanks go out to our Patreon supporters. You guys allow us to create bonus content for you guys to enjoy. We've been uh, putting up quite a bit of stuff recently. Um, yeah, I think. What was it? What did we cover last We're time? Oh, yeah, we, we did. A Net,
1: we did a Netflix thing. Yeah, yeah we did a Netflix has an anime that should be up very soon. And uh, more bonus pots coming up very soon as well. So mm-hmm. t- uh, stay tuned for those.
0: Special thanks to Steve Manor Taukar. So you can check out his work in a number of different places, including his own Patreon, patreon.com slash Steve Man. If Planet for making the visual editions of our podcast, uh, as well as just the frame for the visual, which has all those nice images and stuff from the series we cover and little windows for our ugly faces. Oh, and the opening sequence for week of my greekup was made by Milo Jack Stillets. Check him out on SoundCloud and Winston Twitter. Check him out on YouTube.
1: Do it. All right, that's gonna do it, guys. We're off. Goodbye. Zoom. See nick next gone. You can't he's never coming back.